Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. How are you? How are you, Ruel? Can anyone hear me? Can I hear anyone? I can hear you. Hopefully the audience can uh, hear you as well. Good to see you, friend. I am doing fantastic. I am ready for the show, and I'm a little worried about all the tech stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Hopefully everything holds up. Um, How are the new, uh, I believe you got new earbuds. Is that right? Yes. Here's the thing. Um, Literally, okay, first of all, you can hear me. I can hear you, although you're incredibly quiet. Uh, Talk a little bit more. Uh I think that's just going to be me. Check one two. Yep, 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 one, yeah. one two sibilance. Yeah, okay. I think sibilance, sibilance. I believe we're fairly close. Um, but okay. what I was trying to do, literally seconds before going live, is switching from this thing that's constantly falling out of my ear to these things, little uh, Bluetooth earbuds. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I put them in the, I, I linked them up with the computer yesterday. Everything was fine, but I hadn't actually tried this. So I'm just going to put them in my ear now and see if I can hear you. Can I hear you out of? Do I hear All you? Right. Check nope. one, two. They are Sibilance. not working. Sibilance. So, oh no, that'll oh, have no. to wait for another day because I don't want to rock the boat. You guys can go okay. over there and fine. We'll just go the old-fashioned right. way. I don't know why you're yep. so quiet though. What works what works. And while you're figuring that stuff out, I want to say hello to the everyone uh, joining us today. Welcome to the R and R pre-show. Yes, hi. Uh, we hang out here for a little bit, and then we're gonna record episode. I believe we're on episode twenty. Eight? I don't know. Anybody can find out know. by checking rnr.rado.com, though. Hold on. Yeah. Sure. Well, folks, uh, let us know what episode we're actually on. And uh, while Rado uh, fixes, gets the tech stuff going, Duck of Death is in the house, Goblin's in the house, Eclectic Camel's in the house, Flying Dutch Rocker's in the house. Appreciate y'all. Hey, Silver Metal Tavern's here as well. Nazgoth, uh, Raven Rose, uh, Brenner42. Y'all going to miss a bunch of names. Y'all are y'all come strong every time we, we uh, show up. So we do appreciate the support. Don't forget, friends, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get one free subscription per month to any Twitch streamer of your choice. And we'd appreciate it if you support us. Uh, but, you know, let me see. What? Okay, how long did... Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, no one's given us a number yet. I don't keep track of y'all's. Yeah, there's uh, on the R and R. If you go, are you still R&R, trying to figure out what episode we're on? Yeah, we're talking about all kinds of stuff, and we circled back to what number, <laughs> what episode we're trying to. Yep. Uh, it should be the name of this did. actual episode we're in. I did yeah. actually update it, I believe. Um, right. I'm I'm going to R and R dot dot com. dot com, and now I'll tell you what we had last week because of course we haven't put the new episode on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can confirm right now this is episode 28, the big 28, folks. So thank you for joining us. Yes. Good to see everyone here. Um, okay. And oh, Goblin is correct. Well the name doesn't rude. say, and it's because uh, in my mad panic right before going live, and I was like, ah, the ear thing doesn't work. I just very quickly, I, w- I wasn't 100% certain, so I just said, oh, it's our ongoing top 100, and I didn't say what actual episode we we're on. But it's important we get to the bottom of this. We could not go any further without knowing it's number lucky number 28. I'm sure that's a lucky number someplace. Right. <laughs> uh, someone uh, mentioned uh, Force Glass says Ruel sounds more roomy. Okay, I'm, I'm checking my mic. Who, you or me? 
Yeah, me. So I'm using the same mic. Um, it, I just confirmed that it is the correct mic I'm supposed to be using, my uh, Blue Yeti here. Um, headphones, input device, microphone, Yeti microphone, yeah. So you I sound fine to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Eclectic Camel says Ruel sounds fine. Okay. All right. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll go with that. Sometimes um, it's just uh, individ- individuals, Yeah. which is my yeah. hip way of saying individuals. The, the individual, and that <laughs> is not going to catch on. <laughs> oh man so how was your weekend what, what's what's happening oh my goodness uh i you know as soon as i'm getting ready for this i lose all track of time what what do we do um oh we went on a road trip uh to head down south uh jen's folks live uh, about i guess about two hours south of us and um jen's dad actually uh slipped and fractured his hip a few weeks ago so he's in rehab right now, and he's not happy about it. I don't think anybody's ever happy to be in rehab. So yeah. uh, previously, we'd been going down to see them once a month, uh, but we have now upped our game. We are now driving down every Sunday to see them mm-hmm. and, and hang out for a few hours. Um, and then we drove back, and there was no traffic, no doubt because it was Super Bowl Sunday, and it was just smooth sailing <laughs> all the way home. So nice, that was nice. nice. That's right. Um I, I know I, I spent Sunday watching the Super Bowl. Now, I was actually laid up Saturday and Sunday because I got my booster on Friday, and it knocked me out. Oh, I saw. I yeah, was, you posted about that. Yeah, I was I was surprised that, I mean, I just assumed it was going to be like the first two shots, which, you know, I was like pretty lethargic after both of them, but, you know, it wasn't that bad. But the this the booster definitely knocked me out on Saturday. Like, I got it Friday afternoon and actually went out and played games with uh, friends on Friday night. But then Saturday hit, and I was like, oh, wow, my arm really hurts, and I don't feel like getting out of bed. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. My arm's okay now. I'm still a little tired, but for the most part, I'm I'm pretty much back. Um, I didn't have much of an appetite this morning, but I, right before we went on air, I, I force-fed myself some uh, leftovers, right. so I should be good to go. For well, I guess 87% uh, Ruel will have to suffice. Well, we'll have to go with eighty-seven percent. I'd probably put it about more like eighty-five, but oh my, you know, that's what okay. you get. Folks. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> that's that's close to calling it quits for the for the uh, for the week. I'm afraid, but we'll, we'll muddle through oh, yeah. as best we can. Hey, and by the way, now that I've sat back down, thank you, Flashburn, for subscribing, and uh, Kabuki Kid for resubbing. You decided to stick with us a little bit longer, and na- same to Nazgoth. Woohoo! Uh, those are all excellent things. We are getting closer and closer to unlocking another RVR with those subscriptions and all the follows. Getting close to another top 10. Um, you still up for doing it this Friday, playing uh, some Stella Dixit? Yeah, yeah, we're all we're, we're all set with that. Now, I don't actually, I just need my whiteboard and uh, dry erase pen, right? At uh, this point, you know more about it than me. I have yet to actually open the box other than just look at the pretty art. But yeah, as I okay. understand it, I mean, strictly speaking, you probably don't even need that. Uh, it's just, what do you, ha- oh, yeah, what everybody has to do, everybody has to like uh, make a couple of votes and then everybody has to be able to show this is what they voted for. As opposed to saying, yeah, sure, that's what I voted for. You have to just be able to prove ahead of time that that's right. what you chose. I guess... With that in mind, that's going to make it tougher to do it with the audience. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if we'll do this one on Friday with the audience because I don't mind making okay. you and me wait, but Jen is going to be joining us. It's at the very least going to be a three-player game, you, me, and Jen. Oh, okay. And um, you yeah. know, with the audience thing, that could actually slow the game down quite a bit. So I think, I mean, I don't know, is Michelle free on Friday? Or Lauren? Can we get a four-player um, game? I will check. I'll, I'll let no me pressure. find out if they're free. Yep. Yep. Uh, but cool, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, you'll just be able to... 
I mean, heck, I'll I'll take a picture of the thing that you have to replicate. Although you could probably just oh, do okay. it by hand, or like I said, with a whiteboard if you have one lying around or something like that, or just a series of post-it okay. notes that you just quickly scribble on and put on screen to prove that that's what you voted for. Right. So, that's okay, all systems are go for this Friday. I just re-upped yeah. or just reapplied for uh, Twitch Partner seconds before we went live because they said, hey, okay, you're, you're doing good, but check back in a couple of weeks. We want to make sure you're going to continue to do good. And so far, I think we're continuing yeah. to do good. So fingers yeah. crossed on that. And uh, yeah. yeah, so you're on the mend. We are here. And I think we have started to get some requests for some shows because actually it was interesting. I, when I checked this morning, we only had one outstanding segment we had to do for the show. We just had one trivial pursuits. But um, in the last ten minutes, we've had requests now for another ranks, a top three or two more ranks. It seems like ranks are what people really want. So, okay. uh, what do you want to do for? Well, actually, we should do the trivial pursuits first because that came Let's... in last week from Nasgoth. Right. So yep. let me bring up ye old wheel. Boop, Quick which has been now going here. Yep. As as far as the Twitch partner thing, do you have to reapply every two weeks? Is that how? No, it works? no, no. I mean, uh, uh, basically, I the the application process. You know, once you've achieved the requirements you had to achieve, which I did, um, yep. there was there's a new button that wasn't there in the dashboard before saying apply for partner. And when I do okay. that, it it, it it wants information about me and stuff like that. And then it has a section where I can actually write notes about if I, if I have anything to say. And so I did that, whatever it was, what, three, four weeks ago now, I guess. Right, and, right. Uh, and then it, it took a week or two and they wrote me an email and it was clearly an email written by hand. It was not an automated process. Somebody nice. literally took a look and said, well, hey, you've shown really fast growth. We want to make sure you can hold on to that growth uh, before we uh, okay. pull the switch or flip the lever or whatever it is they do. And so they said, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, um, reapply in two weeks. And then the button reappeared. And so I waited two weeks and I reapplied again this morning. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good luck for me indeed. So, okay. What are we, oh, I'm bringing the wheel back. Bringing the wheel back, which has been completely refreshed. It's anybody's oh, right. game yeah. uh, to see who, what it's going to be. We know what it's going to be if, if it lands on me. Um, if I can find the wheel spinner thing. Oh, come on. The wheel spinner thing has now successfully come up like a dozen times with, now, with never any problems. And now, all of a sudden, <laughs> that of course. button doesn't want yeah. to appear. Okay. Oh, there it is. All right. It just took a little while for some reason. Let's uh, get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, right. running, and running, running, and running, running, and running. <laughs> wow. In this context, there's no disrespect, so when I Very bust nice. a rhyme, you break your neck. Uh, we got uh, um, forward to disconnect from all rhythm and let the music affect. All right. Oh, and it was a general. Sorry, folks. You still don't get to find out about what were the two things, people, that you really wanted. You wanted um, my... Vacuum cleaner, door-to-door salesman story from high school, yeah. and how I got Dave Turchy his start in the industry. So those will both have yep. to wait because we need some general um, yeah. trivia. So I will quickly go and find some. Um, I, I you can tell people you to, how they you, could uh, maybe say, request more it, trivia. Yeah. But, well, first I'm going to say that I did not expect to hear you um, <laughs> rapping slash singing Black Eyed Peas this morning. So that was a real treat. Oh, uh, that's how I start every day. Clip, 
Yeah, folks, if you all want to clip that, there's a thing on Twitch where you can clip like little bits of the show as we go along. So see if you can uh, figure out that feature. Um, to request more trivia, folks, you can do that by spending Rado points. Those Rado channel points in your chat box go down to the little Rado symbol there. Uh, you'll click on that and you'll see different things that you can redeem with the points that you earn while watching us. And also join us on our raids as we raid other channels. You get points uh, for joining those. So... Uh, there it is. A quick question that for I believe Forrest Glass said, uh, "What is? Oh, I can put this on right here. Why is Do this it. thing not working? Do Come it. Come on, feature chat, feature chat. Do please it. work for me. Did it work? Oh, what's on your shirt? Yeah, it worked. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, Catan. This is a, a reimagining of Catan. Uh, one of their T-shirts that they've uh, put in their store uh, about I think a couple of years ago. But they did a couple of different artists work on different renditions of Catan, and th this is like one of the more modern looks. So. Thanks for uh, shouting that out, Force of Glass. All okay. right. Um, trivia time. Let's see. Okay, do you want some trivia about uh, how, how to spawn better cognitive abilities about Ravens or about Mr. Rogers? Oh, Mr. Rogers. Come on. All well, right. We need Mr. Okay. Rogers facts. Yes. Well, did you know that Mr. Rogers always uh, mentions out loud that he's feeding his fish during the show because a young blind viewer once asked him to do so. The, the young viewer wanted to know that the fish were okay. And so wow. every week, Fred made a point of saying out loud that he was feeding the fish. That is a great story. And that's so Mr. Rogers. That, right is, that is peak Mr. Rogers right there. Wow. That's no it. Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers. That's pure, uncut Fred Rogers right there. Yeah, that's Fred Rogers right there. <laughs> the good stuff. Oh, yeah. It, it's one of those, it, it's interesting to see how, you know, his legacy still remains. Like, you know, just, I, I wonder if it'd be different if he was around today with social media and oh, everyone, wow. you know, taking shots at everyone, you know. But he, he came up in this pre-internet age and he lived on... He still lives on today, and I, you know, he still gives me warm fuzzies, you know, and I'm sure he does uh, for a lot of people as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That'd be interesting. I, I, I would, I would like to think. Hopefully, he could be a cooling factor. That if Mister Rogers gets on Twitter and says, "Everybody, just calm down," everybody has to calm down, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. And if they wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see it, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Goblin has a question. Is summoning? Are you summoning Schwarzenegger or Palpatine? Like, I am oh, the oh. Senate. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think I was actually doing. Uh, I was. I, I was doing uh, some Schwarzenegger, and then it kind of morphed into Palpatine. Um, I, I, I. Apparently, I only have three speeds: it. me, Palpatine, and Schwarzenegger. That's uh, that, that's my range right there. That's a pretty good range, though. That's not bad. I just. Uh, I saw that. There was a I, I saw this on Amazon, I think. They have a, um, a director's cut of Commando, which I've never seen. What? So I need to Yeah, I think there was like <laughs> really? a I, Yeah, I don't know if I was just dreaming this when the other day when I was laid up in bed for a, a night or a day, but <clears throat> if it's if there's a director folks, can you confirm is there a director's cut of Commando? Because I need to watch that ASAP if there is. That is far out. While people are checking yeah. in, Kabuki Kid, now this is interesting, uh Mr. Rogers trivia. Michael Keaton got his start working on the Mr. Rogers show. And you and, and you know uh, what oh. that means. Um we have Mr. Rogers to thank for Batman. I was just gonna say, Batman. If if if, if, wow. if 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 uh if Michael Keaton hadn't taken off, if somebody else had landed that role, would it have been iconic? Let's That's get nuts! Right. Come on! You know, all that stuff. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think we have Mr. Rogers to thank for multiple generations of I'm Batman as well. Batman. So 
He's truly got his finger on the pulse. Even, even wow. now. Yeah. Uh, okay, a dungeon sound system does confirm that there is a an R-rated Commandos director. Okay, thank you. I am going to watch that <laughs> ASAP. That's one of my favorite. Okay, here, here's a topic. What are your favorite? Maybe we can do this as a top three sometime. Save uh, it. Favorite... Oh, no, oh, hey, you know what? We have a okay, top three. Uh, that was requested there 15 it minutes a... ago by Eclectic Camel. Let's let's do right. it. Let's do it. Let, let's do it. Um, what do you think of this top three? Your three best good, bad movies. So uh, movies that are bad, but you love them anyways. Like Commando is like top of my list. I'll tell you right now. Is that's a... That's a, that's a dumb movie, but I love dumb action movies, especially with Schwarzenegger. What movies are dumb that I love? Yeah, good, bad. I movies. think this might have to be uh, all three for you. I what what is dumb? Or oh no no, I'm, but I don't think I it's dumb. If yours. I love it, I can't think it's dumb. But I, I guess most people would consider, uh, you know, the um, the early '80s Flash Gordon kind of dumb. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like really stupid. I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, shut up, that, yeah. you shut up. <laughs> You you shut up. Um, you I mean, it it's, it's the height of cheese, um, yo. But Max von Sydow yeah. is just chewing the scenery, uh, and uh, right? oh my gosh, it's, yeah. it's so fantastic. I mean, that movie is really important to me because it's the first time my parents ever let me and my brother go to the movies by ourselves. It was my birthday, and it was oh. a birthday. It was like I what was it? It was like in nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one, or something like that. Yeah, so I must yeah. have been ten or eleven, and uh, yeah. yeah, I I absolutely. Uh, I mean, I adore that movie to this day. Go, Flash, go! Go, Flash, go! Says uh, Dale from the sidelines while they're playing football for no no particular... Other than the fact that... All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, you know, Timothy Dalton and... Oh, man. Yeah, that's a great movie. But I guess, yeah, some yeah. people think it's silly. All right, so we've yeah. got two. Commando like, and Flash Gordon. What is... I was going to say, I thought one of yours is one of mine, actually. Um, we talked about this before. Executive Decision. There is no, That movie is fantastic. <laughs> oh, wow. There is nothing dumb that about movie. that movie. I will die on that hill. <laughs> I mean, just... That, okay, there, there is nothing that, guilty about that Steven pleasure. Steven Seagal. That whole Steven Seagal bit at the start. Come on. Which is fantastic. Oh. It so plays against type. You have to remember, he was at the height of his popularity. He was a serious action star. Now, of course, and most people didn't know, he was also apparently a, a, a self-aggrandizing jerk behind the scenes and all that. that. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, these days, as I understand it, uh, he has a writer in his contract where he can never lose a fight uh, if he appears what? in your direct-to-video film. <laughs> but back then, really? he was willing, spoiler alert for whatever, a 20-year-old movie, to well, to do what yeah. he did. And, um, and, and, and it sets the tone for the entire rest of the movie because you realize, okay, anything can happen in this movie. Because, um, you, know, uh, you know, we're not going to make it. You are. Oh, man. That sends shivers down my spine to this day. So there is nothing dumb. That, like, as I mean, who I directed it? Is it? It's so wasn't cheesy. It, was it Rennie Harlan who directed it? Oh, that's going to drive me nuts now. I need to you know. know. Uh, I need to look it up. I think you're right, though. Uh, Rennie Harlan or, um, let's see, 19, oh, it's a 1996 film? It's older than I thought. Uh, directed by... Stuart Baird. Who's that? I don't know. Uh, probably a really swanky, well-respected uh, 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 director. Oh, he also directed U.S. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones and Star Trek Nemesis. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I'm surprised I don't know his name off the top of my head. I, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he's done more in the editing field. Okay, he's yeah. He's mostly known for editing. Movies. I see. Okay. 
Well, executive decision. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie, but uh, come on. No, there is nothing dumb about that movie at all. John Leguizamo <laughs> steals the show. He's the funny guy. Anybody could die. I mean, oh. Kurt Russell. Um, you know, even the trope of oh, we got to land this plane and we don't know how to do it is done well. I, I refuse you don't to accept that, was, uh, that on a top three oh. d- um, guilty pleasures dumb movies okay. we love. However, the audience oh. has suggested several other excellent suggestions. I think. Yeah. Now this one I don't agree with. I, I'm going to throw it up there. What's that? Uh, Star Trek with the whales. I like that one. Star, Star Trek, Trek with the whales uh, is widely regarded by many, many people as the best. I mean, yeah, it is silly, I, but it, it knows it's silly. Yeah. It revels in its silliness. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Now, okay. Uh, Star Trek with the whales. Uh, okay, but okay. I I enjoy a, uh, a Star Trek Final Frontier. I'll say it. I came oh. out of the theater on opening day for Star Trek wow. V, The Final Frontier, buzzing about, oh, that was awesome. That was great. And <laughs> while I admit I may have cooled my jets a little bit, I still think it's great. I love everything about it. What does God need with a starship? Um, wow. you know, and, and honestly, that movie has probably the best scene for um, DeForest Kelly for Bones of all time. You know, where he's, you know, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know uh, what's his name? Cybok is, you know, taking over the crew mentally because he helps them, you know, deal with their pain. And, you know, yeah. and Bones has a big talk about his father and whatnot. And how, and, 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 and you can see Divorce Kelly as an actor, I mean, really stretching. But then it's followed by immediately Kirk saying, of course, I need my pain. And he won't submit. And it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that movie. Oh, oh, oh. And one of the greatest Sulu moments of all time when they're trying to crash the, you know, crash land the shuttle back on the Enterprise and everything's out of control. And somebody says, well, that looks different. Fortunately, you've done this before. And Sulu turns to the camera and says, actually, it's my first time. And it's, ah, that's so awesome. <laughs> so oh, I love Star Trek V. Oh, I need. I'm going to have to re- revisit that one because I remember watching it once and not liking it, so I'll have to revisit. Now, this is one of my all-time favorites, Face Off. You're a John Travolta. Yes, I guess that's a fair now, one. I mean, I want to say there's nothing dumb about that, but of course, it is the height of just silly premise. ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah but oh, they, those two actors, like, they chewed up the scenery. Every time they had, they just killed it. Like, when they started playing each other, I, oh, I can't yeah, get yeah, yeah. over that. I mean, that's a, that's the, a reasonable... Yeah. I, I, I would accept that. Commando and what did I say? Um, a Star Trek uh, Final oh, Frontier. Or no, but I have oh, one before Flash that. Gordon. Flash Gordon. Oh, Flash Gordon. Um, Kabuki okay. Kid, is, I don't know where you're getting that from. She uh, points uh, to, oh, what's it? Uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai oh, is another Buckaroo fantastic Banzai? movie. Does anybody say Buckaroo Banzai is a bad movie? Yeah. Buckaroo Banzai is an amazing movie. Yeah. Wow. Bonsai! I mean, I mean, I'll see you in a hell! That's, yeah. <laughs> Big Bootay! Tay! Tay! John Big Bootay! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. She, she backed off. It's bonkers, more of a cult movie. I agree with that. But I mean, I, I think Definitely it's a fantastic more, uh, movie. Uh, I was so more. bummed when, I mean, I was so excited when Kevin Smith, you know, announced that he was working on a live action series, uh, you know, continuing the story. But then, I don't know, there were rights issues and all that. So it all got yeah. canceled. Breaks my heart. Someday, yeah. I hope he'll do a big um, behind the scenes reveal like he, about that, like he did for working on Superman Lives or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff he talked about with Superman Liz, folks, if you haven't checked that, you need to check that. Oh, it's, man. It's yeah, that made me... I get I'd to like really to... see the behind, yeah, behind yeah. the scenes stuff and just 
like how close he came to making that movie and some of the casting choices. Uh, it's a wonderful story. Mm. Uh, Dungeon Sound System says, great pick. My list uh, still has Liar Liar and The Mask, but Shaolin Soccer is in the conversation. I love Shaolin Soccer. Liar Liar? I mean, anything with Jim Carrey is pretty dumb. I, I can... I can I can go there and the mask. So I, I think yeah, I, I think it is going to be hard to top, quite frankly, um, Face Off, because Face Off yeah. is objectively ridiculous. It is, yeah. But so it's so well made with so much enthusiasm and passion and and talent yeah. that it, it it's yeah. so rise above you know its source material, shall we say? Yeah. And that was like I, I have a real attachment to that movie because you know I had been a John Woo fan for years before he. That was like his big breakthrough in America. Like he'd done like uh, movies like Hard Target. Hard Target. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Some would Broken say Hard Target Arrow. was his big breakthrough. I liked it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but this is the one that was the multi-million, um, you know, big splash. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, face and with off good reason. And, uh, so okay, I, I think yeah. that's a pretty good list. Hard Target or not? No, I think not that Hard is. Target. Um, face Off, <laughs> Flash Gordon, and Commando. The definitive top three uh, movies you love, you know, guilty pleasures, however you want to call it. I'm down guilty with that. Pleasures, yeah. Good, bad movies. Yeah. All, All right. right. Great list. Well, hey, okay. that's another thing knocked off the list. Hurrah. But there are still two outstanding Ruel ranks. So shall we bring up the BGG? I think we shall. Let me find it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I got to put this comment up here. Kabuki Kid nailed it. I, this is a little late, but Rocky IV, one of the great all-time Oh, is, is that uh, in Russia? I would break you. When, when he ends the Cold War by going yep. to fight in Russia, it's, <laughs> it's the best. That The speech of the monologue, if I can change and you can change, we all can change. I mean, brilliant. Because it's brilliant. so earnest yeah. and yet obviously yes. so ridiculous. I have to admit, yes. I have only ever seen the the original Rocky and the the first new one um, with Michael B. Oh, Jordan. Okay. I, I want to see the second one with Michael B. Jordan, but I I, I missed everything. Rocky um, yeah. was in one ear, out the other for me for the entirety yeah. of the eighties and nineties. I mean, the first one was legit. Like, I mean, that would that was like up for best picture. Did it win best picture? Like back in yes, uh, and I believe he was nominated for best writer. Because he wrote it, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I forget. Uh, you know, and there's a whole bunch of stuff about how you know they didn't want to cast him, and he stuck to his guns. So no, right. I'm going to star in this thing. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. All right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he was great, and then he just you know rode that formula to death. And, but <laughs> I do like the I do like the reboot with uh, Michael B. Jordan, the Creed. I, I yeah, that's it. Creed. Know, yeah, thank fantastic. you. Um, fantastic job. Let's see here. Okay, let's rank some games. So um, pick one from this page. Okay. You got uh, Marcadero, Tabanusi, Oh, we Origins. did Pacal the other day, yeah. What do you um, like? Oh, and I need to set up for the poll. New poll. Oh, Lost City's rolling right, just because I, I literally played that um, Thursday night, I think. All right, which one? Oh, Lost City's rolling right. Okay, that's one. And scroll down okay. a bit randomly to say this area. Oh, I just saw I just saw Picture Perfect. All right, you want Picture Perfect? Um, I right. streamed the picture other day. Picture yeah. Perfect. That's two. Let's go down and pick some more. Three. Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tattoo hole? <laughs> All right, you like anything uh, here? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Rift Force. Rift Force. Oh, yeah. yeah one of my, um, uh, I know one of my favorites. Shay last covered year. that one on the channel. Yeah. All righty. Two minutes. Go. Everybody, start right, your folks. voting. 
and I fixed and the... Uh, be sure to spend your Rotto points if you want to influence the vote. Folks. There's so many things you can do with Rotto points. You can spend your yeah. Rotto points to get customization points for your avatars uh, if you are a subscriber. Hey, folks, did we mention that if you subscribe to Rotto Runs Through, not only will you get to enjoy the, the, the show with no ads, not only will you get 20% off of any Rotto Runs Through merchandise you would like to purchase, not only will you get a, uh, access to um, a, a monthly exclusive run-through video that nobody else gets to see except Patreon backers. Not only will your Rotto points accrue at double speed, but you will get one of those cute, adorable little stream avatars down there, um, and then you can use your Rotto points if you don't want to request uh, segments to actually buy yourself a nice hat or what have you. How is it looking? What uh, what are people voting on right now? I gotta get Rift my vote is ahead right now, but Picture Perfect's making a comeback. All right. Excuse me. Apparently, no one wants to hear me talk about how Reiner Knizia is the great one of the great designers of all time. They're not voting for Lost Cities, Roland Reiner. I am. Uh, yeah. I mean, I voted for it. I gave it one, but I don't think it's going to yeah. make a comeback now. My my one lazy yeah. vote because I can't spend my points on it. Um, yeah, that's really surprising. That is a, an epic blowout. No love for the good yeah. doctor today. Apparently not. All right. Okay, we've still got a half a minute left. I'm going to get a sip of water. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see why my phone just beeped at me, because that's always scary. Okay, I too shall take a water. Folks, uh, if you're out there lurking while working, thank you for hanging out with us. And be sure to hydrate while you're working. You know, got to stay hydrated. I'm going to hydrate right now. Yep, me too. Again. Hmm. Got a few more seconds on the vote here. Looks like Rift Force is in the lead, but you can use your Rotto points to influence that vote. So You, you can also use points, bits you know? if you're um, yes. feeling particularly sassy. And you can buy this vote. Although it seems like almost nobody ever does that. And that's okay. Yeah. Just you. Yeah. Okay, it's coming down to the wire here. And the winner... Is Rift Force. It took an Rift early Force. lead and it never faltered. So, Ruel, why don't you... Actually, you know what? I'm not... All right, let's see. Let's go to Rift Force videos... Because I believe I there will my be video a, a run through when Michelle and I played it uh, by a very good run througher here. So okay, you, oh, you just recently played it. Tell us about it. Why? Okay, can't check it. Rift Force you have. is an absolutely fantastic two-player one v one game of uh, area control and hand management. Uh, each of your each of the players is going to get different guilds, and those all those guilds you're, um, you're going to mix them up in your hand. And I think it's I think you get. Five guilds, or maybe it's three guilds. There's like ten total. You you select at random, and then those guilds work together. You're trying to put the. Uh, you'll see there of uh, Shay's playing it right. Is that Shay? Yeah, that's yeah. Shay. Um, he's got. They're numbered like five through eight, I believe. And you know, whoever has the most, the running most running total at that point will get you know that particular um, part of the the rift there. Mm-hmm. And um, when you hit certain thresholds, you're going to um, gain that, the victory points, and there's a score marker on the right there, and you're, it's a race to, I think it's 10 points. Um, what makes this game interesting are the different guilds and all the different things you can do. And it's really interesting because you're trying to use your cards to, you know, you want to put them out there to gain the influence on the particular space. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're each also- player has a different combination of guilds, right? Yes, and then they, you shuffle them up, and it becomes your deck of oh, here's all the powers I've got versus all the powers you've got, kind of thing. If correct. I recall correctly. And what's interesting is, um, you know, you can either play a number or the color. Oh, right. So if you play the numbers, then you're going to be able to, you know, uh, lock those numbers in or do those uh, trigger those abilities or the colors. So for the different rifts, some things will trigger, some things won't. <clears throat> it's a really fun, fun game. And here's the thing: 
it's got a um a uh, expansion coming out this uh this year now i know that you're not you this isn't something you and jen would play but i know the expansion will open your eyes rado because oh, no. it's a cooperative really expansion. yes and it's solo as well wow so, yeah this was one of my top games of 2021 it sort of flew under the radar but it was picked up by um capstone games oh and we all know which capstone rocks it these days capstone so. does not make missteps quite frankly they, they don't play around so this is the game to watch um wow, i don't I know, know when the, the date is for the expansion it is uh, scheduled for this year though it's called rift force beyond that's where they add the solo and the uh cooperative um uh gameplay so you know it's interesting it's a wonderful game in the I, vote we were saying that oh the good doctor is not getting any love in the vote he kind of is because if this yeah. is not something i mean whoever designed this has to have been inspired by battle line Right, and that's and that's exactly what I think of Battle Line slash uh, uh, Shot and Totten. Yeah, uh, by mm-hmm. the Good Doctor. Yeah, uh, the the thing this does differently is instead of like straight up poker hands, uh, these are you know a little more. Um, the, these actually have different uh, abilities. And yeah, stuff. all the special powers and the multi use like, cards and all of that. The multi use cards. Yeah, I'd say this might be like an evolutionary um, Shot and Totten or Battle Line. Wow. Uh, the designer is Carlo Bor- Bortolini. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know that name. Um, let me see. I'm going to check his designer page. He's done Rift Force and Memoir, <coughs> whatever that was. I, I don't ah. know that game. Yeah. But well, rock solid game. I love it. And I was really surprised. Michelle liked it too. Really? Um, she, she, does she not yeah, normally go for the dueling like the, wizards? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if she'd like that, but she did. She really enjoyed the, the gameplay, uh, the card play. Um, so for this game, I'm ranking it very highly. Um, I'm looking at, do I go an eight? It's oh. got to be an eight for me. At least an eight. Yeah. We're okay. going with eight, folks. Rift Force is an eight. Rock solid. Fantastic game. I think it may even go higher once I play that expansion. I- I'm curious to see how it plays solo and cooperative. I have to admit, I mean, uh, when they contacted us, I looked at I just took one look at it and said, oh, it's Dueling Wizards, which is my blanket term for anything that's two players sitting across the table and just, you know, socking each other over the head, all la uh, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. No matter how cool it is, no matter what new things it does, at the end of the day, Jen and I just don't want to sit there for a half an hour and clonk each other over the head. Uh, but yep. Shay covered it, and I remember watching at the time, the run-through, he and his uh, roommate Nick played here, and I thought, wow, this is really good. And I know Dice Tower, Tom Vassell, ended up raving about it as well. And now you're yeah. raving about it. And then Capstone, one of the hottest publishers today, picks it up for wider yeah. distribution. And now it's got a co-op solo mode coming yeah i think a year from now you might decide you have underrated it quite frankly yeah i you know i i'm i'm thinking about it right now i may have and another thing someone um asked a question here dungeon sound system says um how long does a game take that's a wonderful question it takes honestly 20 30 minutes at most Mm -hmm. it doesn't take long at all it's really fast paced and yet every single decision is is a a a meaty one you know like do i play this here do i use this power or whatever you're always gonna have a nice decision uh point so yeah i'm looking at 8.0 i may have uh, i don't know we'll we'll see i'll have to revisit it and i may have to update my ranking which i just did right now okay all right good job we will get there slowly but surely um, yes. you know, be- 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 <laughs> before the millennium is out, we will get your entire collection ranked. For people who don't know, um, both Ruel and I have, you know, big, you know, four or five hundred plus collections on Board Game Geek. And at some point it was uh, noted that, hey, 
like 90% of all my games are ranked and like 30% of all of Ruel's games are ranked. What's up with that? And so thus was born the uh, Ruel ranks where it's, 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 it is a millennium based project here, but we will ultimately get all those things, getting their numbers and their proper due. So that's pretty cool. That was a good choice audience. Good choice. Uh, I'm glad you chose it. I was actually kind of bummed. I wanted to talk about the uh, Kenichi rolling, right? But I'm, I had no idea there was co-op mode coming. I am much more interested in that now because Shay made me sad that I passed on covering it, quite frankly. Yeah, cool. Such a good game. All right. Um, nice. Hey, you know what? How about we give something away? Uh, how yeah, about what? we give away a copy of Mind Management, which everybody loves so very much? Yes. Cool. I'm going to, before we do that, though, I probably should have, ahead of time, just done one last quick check of my email inbox to see if there's any last-second entries. And I'm trying to want to run Outlook right now. I've clicked it three times, and it just sits there and spins, and then says, no, I'm not going to oh, start. No. Because, of course, it's doing that. Because, of course, it's doing that. <laughs> so... Um, Let's not do that then. I mean, I guess I don't have to. I, I I check about a half an hour before we go live. But I do feel bad if there were any, particularly because when I posted on um, social media saying, hey, everybody, we're going live in a half an hour. I said, you've got a half an hour to enter. And so I really do want to give them a chance to enter. Yeah, Outlook is just not going to run. I probably have to run oh, no. Task Manager and shut it down. But that's okay. Oh, no, it isn't okay. Okay, where do I have to go? All right, I am going to run Task Manager, find Outlook, shut it down because it's being... A dick. Come on, Outlook. Why? Although I can't complain. Everybody can hear me. You know, the stream hasn't crashed or anything yeah. yet. In the grand scheme of things, things are going fairly well. But boy, Uh-oh. trying to run um, Task Manager has completely scuppered my machine. I am at 100% CPU usage now. What is going on? I'm exploding. Jeez Louise. Wow. Okay, okay. What's things have finally calmed down, here? and I'm down to 62% now. All right, so Microsoft I Outlook. A, I just had a freak out on my end. Did you? Uh, audience, has anything my, gone my, astray or askew? Uh, yeah, my cameras had switched on me without me touching anything. I'm like freaking out right now. Okay, well, this might be the beginning of the end for the show. Um, oh. Right, okay. <laughs> so I found it in Task Manager. I shut it down. I'm going to try and start it again. And okay, th- of course it works this time. How, Ruel, how do our grandparents do anything in Windows? They wouldn't know what to do. I, if no, if their program just doesn't run, they. I mean, how, how, how can they? How they call <sighs> us is what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, mom, reboot. Just reboot it. Yeah. I know you shouldn't yeah. have to, mom. I'm sorry. Just, just reboot it. I'll take. Unplug it. Plug it back. Yeah, in. Pl- or, yes, or uh, if that's the way to go, unplug it or plug it back. A hard, in. Uh, the hard do. reboot. All right, I have checked, and in fact, nope. The last entry was Ramon at 9.22 this morning. No other entries have come in. So with that out of the way, I will shut you down. I will shut you down. I will shut all of these things down that I was desperately trying to get to check to come back over to the browser and spin ye old big wheel. Here we go. One lucky winner. Good luck, everybody. Oh, a lot of entries today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Who do we got? Robert. Robert Terpstra. Congratulations. 
Well done, Robert. Yes, I will be contacting you after the show, Robert. And you're right. Um, you know, back when we were doing the secret words where we were just trying to trick each other, and it was very easy to find them. I mean, we were getting like a thousand entries an episode, give or take, you know, around there. Yeah. Um, but these days, now that we make the audience work for it, um, we generally get around 200 to 250. This one had over 300. People want okay. that mind management, and they worked yeah. hard to find. And I'm sorry for the other 299 or 313 that missed it. Robert was the lucky one. That would have been really cool yeah. if it had uh, been Ramon, who I just called out right before. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ramon. And Andre and Christian and Bao and RB and Maria and Dan and Dan and Dan and Dan. <laughs> Looks like, oh, and Daniel and Daniel. There were a lot of. A lot of Dans were well represented, but yet none of them could uh, get across the finish line. Very sad for the Dan contingent today. Um, But anyway, uh, okay, cool. So, how are we doing? Okay, we're at 40 minutes in. You know what? If we actually go ahead and start the show now, we might actually have time for some actual Q&A without just having to like race against time like we generally tend to do. You want to get going? You want to start the show? Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to hang out afterwards for some Q&A. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. First of all, is anything going askew? Is anybody shouting at us in the chat saying, oh my gosh, it's all exploding? Or are there any (laughs) important things we have missed along the way? I haven't seen anything. I mean, it seems like we're okay. Everyone um, checked out as far as the uh, the stream itself, there was a glitch. Yep, but, yeah, uh, I see. Go- Goblin spotted a glitch. That had to be yep. when my CPU usage just spiked, and so it's like, okay, I'm done streaming now. Well, I'm just not, and I don't know what that was, but uh, yeah. it looks like we're fine now. I note to self: don't run uh, Task Manager unless you absolutely have to. Don't run Outlook unless you absolutely have yeah. to. And um, then uh, Try Three says a little bit. Well, yeah, that's when my cameras were just—they—they were freaking out on my end. But I think really? I solved that problem. Yeah, wow. like it, it literally changed from this camera I'm having here to mm-hmm. my um, overhead camera, and it's, it just showed my table. But I didn't press anything. It was just weird. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So if we're about to start the show, we need a secret word. What is it going to yeah. be this week? Oh, <clears throat> what secret we, we word, just, folks. I mean, what did we talk about? We, we, we talked, talked about, about guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Uh, we talked um, about Rift Force. We talked about Reiner Kenitia. We talked about dueling wizards. Um, uh, Flash Gordon. We mentioned um, I am the Senate. Uh, what do you think, folks? <laughs> uh, any good suggestions for secret words for the upcoming? You know, anything that ties uh, it all together. I mean, as Nazca's Dungeon Sound System points out, commando. commando was our number one. Uh, can, I see, can you work a commando in someplace? <laughs> I could, but it'd be totally not related to any of the games I'm talking about. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I, my my games is not too terribly surprising. They're about as far away from Commando as you can get. Oh, Let's the see, secret word Rocky. Rocky or Guilty. Uh, did I do Rocky? I could do a Rocky, and I feel I think I feel like you've done the last few, right? Can you you think you could use a Rocky in there? Yeah, what the heck? Adrian, okay. which is all Adrian. I got for Rocky. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go with let's go with Rocky. I, I've got a good spot let's, for that, I think. All righty. Okay. Hey, and you know what? Let me try the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's confirm that you can um, do the Hoozy with the what's it down below before we get going. Here, I'll try it right now. The <sighs> secret word is Rocky. And then I sync this. Um, 
And let's see if it shows up. Yep. Oh, yay. Yes. Phew. That yes. is a, uh, oh. a weight off my mind because that is tough doing triple duty. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. cool. So I'm going to get ready for... Uh, what do we uh, we usually have uh, when we first come on? Is it the R and R show? Yes. Uh, um. Oh yeah. No. Uh, uh, it's the uh, what do you call it? It's the find all the episodes. I got it here. I'll do it. Oh, you got a okay, boot. Cool. Save thing. Save. <laughs> right. So basically, for folks who don't know, but a little bit of behind the scenes stuff. I have a text file, literally a, a banner txt that is sitting on my hard drive. The text you see at the bottom of the screen is literally just the first line from that text file superimposed over everything. And what I've done is I've put that text file in Dropbox. And then we've used an app called write-app.box. It's actually a website that lets you... Uh, remotely log into a Dropbox account and directly edit text files specifically. And so I can edit the text file locally. It's sitting on my hard drive. Ruel can edit it via this this website that lets you remotely edit text files. And um, basically, OBS is set. Oh, thank you, Forrest of Glass, for a gold star. Yeah, I think I deserve that gold star. I worked really hard to figure out how to make this happen. It's really tough. (laughs) Um, Yeah. To give him a way to be able to edit them so that when his things come up, he can say it. Um, although now I'm obscured. I'm going to hide behind my gold star. Um, <laughs> uh, and for the last couple of weeks, it hasn't worked. But we spent a little bit of time, and you basically you, you kind of had to wipe it and re-log in to uh, yeah. get it. And so it's working now. Hooray. All right, yeah. so you're taking number 90, and then I'm taking number yep. 81, right? Correct. Okay. And let me confirm, let me make sure everything is A-OK, okie-dokie. Right, so our sponsor this week, if I can find it, move you out of the way, is Floodgate Games, okay? And then, so, hey, Ray, blah, blah, Floodgate Games, come back to us. And then we do the overhead. Has my overhead crash? No, it hasn't. We're going to be talking a little bit about Fog of Love uh, today, which is what's on, which is you know, from nice, publisher. Nice. And it's also, uh, spoiler alert, folks, if you can catch the Rocky, oh, the Rocky relationship. This is what we're giving away, uh, a copy of the new Floodgate edition of, uh, nice. of uh, Fog of Love. So that's pretty cool. All right, and let's see, in the browser's there, and um, right, that's all my links. Let me get up to the, right, where are you, browser? These are all the links I've got that have access to. There's Ruel's thing. Here's the featured dot chat that Ruel can use to put stuff on screen. There's Board Game Geek. I'll just have that running in case we need it. Okay, got that ready. And uh, okay, I think I think all systems are go. Oh, yeah. But, let's do this. Uh, should we have a battle royale, or should we should we have a couple of minutes oh. of battle royale or basketball? What do you think? What do you like? I feel like the the, the people like their battle royale. Okay, uh, then I, I give personally the like watching them. I, I think they're hilarious. Battle royale, right? And it's just that, right? Boom. Okay, and of course we have to um, not obscure the battle. Okay. Look, everybody I've learned at long last. All right, here they come. Yeah, let's get it on, like Donkey Kong. Yes. And friends, if you're just joining us right now, you can get your own avatar. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of avatars. Jeez Louise. There's a ton of them. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, everybody. It is a true battle royale. Who's going to end up the winner? All right. Of course, everybody just looks for themselves first. I see myself with my ice cream cone and my crocodile Dundee. I'm down to half-life already. Oh, dear. I don't think I'm going to make it, Ruel. 
You are! Oh, and there went one of the big, um, uh, there went another one. Oh, that was a massive blowout. Oh, gosh. I don't think I survived either. Yep, I'm totally gone. All right, Exacting Vampire just got backstabbed by Oscar Dan. And now Ravy Ro Raven Rose is going to take out Oscar, Oscar Dan. Oh, Fem Sensei jumps in. Oh, wow, we've got a... Oh, oh yep, didn't last. J.W. Spiker and Mytanos have a brief... Oh, J.W. Spiker with that gigantic laser sword is tough to beat. Backstabs Mytanos. And, um, uh-oh, here's the big thing. Andrew Scott is out. Who will grab the health pack? It looks Don't like it's J.W.'s. Oh, and J.W. Oh, turns his back. I don't need back. to sneak in health. No. Which puts Duck of Death 5. Oh, my gosh. Duck of Death completely heals back up to normal. All right. All that can happen now is Fem Sensei is going to, um, you know, kind of soften up Duck. And then maybe J.W. can come in for the backstab. There you it go. It is Duck of Death to lose. Oh, my gosh. Duck of Death is going to get another health back. And meanwhile, Fem and J.W. Oh, oh J.W. Uh, you put up a good fight, sir, but unless the gods uh, favor you, I, I think this is going Duck's way. Three health packs. Yeah. <gasps> JW, turn around! Turn around, man! Turn around, JW! For folks who are watching, uh -oh. uh, JW has no control. This is all just completely random silliness. And Duck of Death proves uh, win a battle royale, always grab the health pack. There we well go. Well done. <laughs> Congrats, Duck of Death. Oh, they're so fun. <laughs> 100 geek gold to buy maybe some glasses other than um, the Casey Samosco glasses from Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> yeah, buy, buy yourself some new glasses. You've been rocking those 3D uh, specs uh, since the day we started. Duck, come on. There's many other options. You've got 100 points. Spend them wisely. <laughs> Okie doke. Cool. All right, well, I got the blood pumping. All righty, so... Oh, that was fun. Uh, real quick, uh, Cam uh, Miller time, just in case you didn't hear, uh, to get an avatar, you just have to oh. subscribe to the channel and you will, I think it takes a minute, a couple of minutes to get your avatar. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Once you subscribe, which you can do for free if you're an Amazon Prime member, uh, mm -hmm. it, it takes, I don't know, three or four minutes, I think, before it'll appear. If you scroll down below the video, uh, there is a panel devoted to the stream avatars. It's got a list of all the commands you can do. And it actually... Uh, if you click on the stream avatar icon itself, it will take you to a new window where you can customize your avatars and whatnot. Although I think you can also just hover your mouse over the main window and customize your avatars as well. But again, it t once you've registered, once it knows you're there, it takes a few minutes for whatever the stream avatar cloud is to communicate with the the you know the Twitch backend or whatever. But yeah, they're they're good fun. Lots of options and um, oh, and lots of opportunities to hug people and whatnot. Yeah. Or duel, or play slot machines. There are just silly little games folks can do by themselves. Because the main thing, you get more and more avatar gold that you can use to unlock more and more customizations, look more and more unique. So you can play slot machines. You can challenge each other to duels, uh, which is actually a really cool thing. Because whoever wins ends up taking money from the loser. All kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> Including our weekly battle royale. And the basketball yes. will make a comeback, because I, I enjoy that, because I can participate. You can actually, it's a real game of skill, uh, sort of. Yeah. But maybe next okay. time. Okay. So, we have been at it for 50 minutes. It mm. is time to start the show. One last sippy sip. Mm. All right. Let's see. Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Floodgate Games. Hey, Real, how you doing? What's going on? And you ask, what's that on your table? And I talk about what's on the table. And then we say, and we're going to give away a copy of it. you got to listen for the secret word. The secret word is Rocky. And... 
But enough of that. Well, we're going to continue with our top 100 of all time. And, uh, you know, if you missed the first part, you can check out last week's episode. There's the link down there on the bottom of the screen. But otherwise, we're continuing with number 90. Well, what's our number 90? You can put it on screen. Boom. I just did half the show. Why isn't it going that fast? That was quick. (laughs) (laughs) The R&R condensed Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the extreme. uh, the, uh, The Reader's Digest version. Did or, you, ha- you know what? You could do that for you could do that for your TikTok, my friend. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Did you have Reader's Digest around the house when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Reader's Digest. So my parents or my mom especially loved Reader's Digest. Yep. I mean, we had volumes of that uh, in the house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Um, Good stuff. Okay. Uh, again, no more waxing rhapsodic about life in the seventies, which apparently is what <laughs> defines you and I. Anyway, all right, yeah, I'm gonna, right? We're gonna we're gonna get going. You're good to go. Everybody can hear us. Everybody can see us. And uh, oh, I need to put on the warning, everybody, that hey, uh, for a little while we are not gonna be paying attention to you. Although again, <sighs> well, remember, folks. Also, after we're done, we're gonna have time. We're gonna do some Q and A. If you have questions. Um, start your text chat with a question mark, and that will put it in a special queue. That means we won't yep. miss the question, uh, so we, we'll be able to hit it when we get to the Q&A afterwards. You know, one thing we yeah. can't do, and we were starting to do things in the, during the Q&A that we would say all the other games, we can't do that now, because the other games would be an additional hundred of the things that didn't quite make this right. top 100. We'll have to figure something yeah. out about that later. But anyway... Okay. Okay. I believe everybody's going. We're good to go. We're solid. And uh, we've got the thingy on the board, so I just got to switch over to Hoozy. I need to move you out of the way because I don't need you now. Um, <coughs> what is it? It's this. There we go. <clears throat> One last set. Okie dokie. Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Floodgate Games. And hello, Ruel. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, my friend. How's it going? And more importantly, what the heck is on your table? I'm glad you asked. Wow, you didn't waste any time at all. Uh, I have a very big old game (laughs) on my table, which I have to admit, I am very fond of. Uh, This is Fog of Love. Now, have you ever played Fog of Love? I have not, but I've heard so many great things about it. I'm, I'm, uh, that's why I was so excited to see it on your table. I was like, look at this uh, setup here. I'm curious. Let's hear about Fog of Love. You and Michelle are going to love this game. Although it doesn't have to be like you know couples who can play it. I mean, you and your daughter could play the game as well. Although maybe it'd be a little bit weird because this game patterns itself after a romantic comedy turned into a board game. And that's what it is. Every time you set up the game, there is a plot with multiple chapters you're going to play through. The base game comes with, I think, three different storylines. We are in the one called I Know What I Want. And the whole thrust of this particular storyline is we are a couple, uh, you know, a, a, a new romantic couple that met through an online dating app that focused on not having kids. We knew that's what we want. Neither of us want kids. And so we set out trying to build a relationship, learn more about each other, maybe fall in love, maybe live happily ever after. But waiting in the wings a baby! Um, things could happen that lead to a surprise that will turn the whole thing on its ear. And the game, like I said, the base game comes with, like a, there's a childhood sweetheart one, and there's been several expansions that have come out. More expansions are coming, including Life and Lockdown. And um, so they give you the overall plot of the movie. But the way the game works is, first, we have our meet-cute, where everybody makes their character. And in this case, Ruel, you 
are a teacher with long blonde hair, a squeaky voice, and you're very well-dressed. That's who you are. You're this uh, strapping blue feller over here. Now, that's what I know about you, and that means you have high discipline, you're a curious person, but you lack a certain sincerity. Uh, you have, you're maybe even a little self-centered, maybe even a bit pretentious. Now, that's what I know about you right now, based on these starting cards. Meanwhile, me, I'm a chef. I'm lean, I wear leather gloves, and I have a sensuous voice, uh, which means I am really low. I'm, I'm a bit uh, thick-skinned. I'm not quite so sentimental. This is me down here. Um, I have a high sense of curiosity. Oh, and I'm missing something. Let's see here. I'm missing one. I also am disciplined. I'm a disciplined person as well. So we share this in common. We're both disciplined. We're both curious. You're an extrovert. I'm not sensitive. Uh, and I'm maybe not the most sincere. Now, this is what we know about each other at the beginning of the game. And we're going to try to make this relationship last. Here's what we don't know. Each player gets three secret traits. Well... You're also a nurturing worrywart who's a little promiscuous. And um, I do not know this about you, but this gives you secret goals you are trying to do throughout the game. Um, Because you're a worrywart, you want our shared balance on sensitivity to be high, high, high. And you've got a problem, Ruel, because right out of the gate, I am not a very sensitive person. I'm, I'm, I'm thick-skinned, calm, unsentimental. And, but as a worrywart, this is a secret trait that you are going to be trying to achieve for us as a couple over the course of the game. And if we do not achieve enough of our traits, it will not end well for our relationship. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. Meanwhile, me, oh, I'm, uh, I'm irresponsible, I'm relaxed, I'm pretentious. Uh, pretentious chef, who knew? <laughs> uh, but anyway, right. so this is the situation we find ourselves in. We are trying to make it as a couple. And every turn, we've got a big old hand of cards. And uh, on your turn, you're going to pick one. So let's say, into this melting pot, I play my first card. Close your eyes, Ruel. Can you guess where I'm taking you tonight? And this becomes a communal goal that we both have to focus on. Each of us has a handful of these really cool, nice-feeling poker chips. And what we're going to do is we both read this. In this case, um, uh, we are trying to find out where are we going out tonight. We both secretly, simultaneously reveal whether it's a, a secret party with famous people or... I don't know. I lost track of where we're going. Or to the local square to listen to the street storyteller uh, sentimental love stories. And you can see, whichever one you choose, that's going to change your standing. That's going to make you more extroverted, or it's going to drop your um, discipline, if you lost track of what it was, or your um, sensitivity could increase. And so here's the deal. You might say, Ruel, based on... remember. You're a worrywart. You want our group sensitivity. So we both reveal at the same time, and you reveal... Um, where is it? I can't find it. You choose yours. And meanwhile, based on my secret goals that you don't know, I pick... Um, Let's see. I would definitely say, oh, I don't know where we're going. I totally lost track because I am irresponsible. So we reveal at the same time and we're like, no, because if we're in sync, if we can anticipate what the other person is going to do, we get a bonus. We fall more and more in love. So we've missed uh... a chance. So that's bad. But we have definitely learned stuff about each other. Because I see, Ruel, that you want these sentimental love stories, so you put this over here, and that tells me we're in trouble. You must want more sensitivity in our relationship. And here's why that's a problem. Because I'm relaxed. I want our shared balance to go down. Oh. And, that, and as soon as I see you do this, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Is he going to work against? I mean, is this a relationship doomed from the start? You're a worrywart. I'm a chill, laid-back, relaxed person. Will this work? Um, As we answer more questions and learn more about each other, taken from these different decks, sweet questions, serious questions, or very dramatic questions, like later on, we might have an argument in a restaurant. Um, that can really change things up. Or, um, you know, hey, we run into one of our other exes, and how do we Ooh. deal with that? Or a nice simple thing like we we compare celebrity free passes, you know, and we and as players, we actually put real people in these slots of you know who's <laughs> on our list and stuff like that. So there's two things going on here. This is a very fun. Um, raucous role-playing game where you you play the role that was given you by these cards, but we're also playing a strategic game where I don't know what you need, and I need to figure it out because each player in this one has two goals. I could be trying to go for um, a dominant relationship where I'm on top or a love team. And if I can't make these happen, we lose. Right now, the thing is, we don't know if we're playing a cooperative game or a competitive game. Right now, you want to go for equal partners or love teams, so we've got more conflicts right off the bat. But over the course of the game, we might change. Our traits might change. We might evolve. I might say, i got to let go of being relaxed, because Ruel just will not stop it with this. And so i got to find a way to get a different trait. Um, or if I think this is never going to work, because um, I'm too invested in that, well, and we just keep butting heads, I might try to change and change the rules and go for an honorable exit um, you know, and, and give uh, up. Or maybe even a heartbreaking exit. Midway through this game, this could go from being a cooperative game to a semi-cooperative game to even a competitive game as things evolve in truly thematic ways. And again, it's all based on the forward gameplay of paying attention to what your teammate or opponent, depending on how the relationship evolves, is doing and making smart decisions. Decisions that also tell a really fun and engaging, compelling, romantic comedy story. It is a miracle of design. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And everybody does. I mean, I think at the time, Shut Up and Sit Down said, this is the best game we've played in a long time. That was their quote. And I mean, both Jen and I were really blown away by it too. It's already gotten a bunch of expansions. There's two more expansions coming. The old expansions that are out of print are getting reprints. um, And Floodgate Games, our sponsor, has picked it up. And, well, one lucky viewer of the R&R show is going to win a copy of Fog of Love. Oh, and how wow. do they do it? And, and it won't be you. How they're going to do it? Yes. Uh, what they're going to do is listen for the secret word. At some point during the show, when we're talking about the games that we're talking about, you're going to hear that secret word. And we want you to send an email with the name of the game to contest at rotto.com. And then you'll be entered into uh, a, a drawing uh, next week uh, for a copy of Fog of Love. Yep. And the secret word for this week, one of us will say it, is Rocky. R-O-C-K-Y, as in Rocky Road Ice Cream, or Rocky Balboa the Boxer. Or, or Rocky, being in a Rocky relationship. Rocky relationship, that's right. So listen to a secret word, and then whatever game, remember, not the, not the word itself, you need to type in the game title that we're talking about at the time that we mentioned Rocky into a, a email at contest at rado.com, as you see down below. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, very cool game. Just uh, so it fresh looks, and unique uh, and different. Two players only. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, it looks absolutely amazing, and um, I'm glad you're able to show that off because this is something that Michelle and I need to play ASAP. Um, I've had it. I've had a an older copy of it. I think I got it in trade uh, a while ago. Oh yeah. It just sat on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, um, I, I need to play it. It sounds. I mean, just the whole you pitched it as a, a movie type game, and yep. I'm like, okay, if it's a romance, a rom com, you know, whatever. Exactly. I, I'm. Yeah, we're into it. So yeah, that looks great. 
All right, well, cool, cool, cool. Well, then we've got our business out of the way. We can do what probably most people have come here before. They want to hear us count, Ruel. They want to prove, can we do it? And we need to, you know, yeah. clop with our hooves and whatnot. And what we're counting is a continuation. Last week we started our the R&R Top 100 Games of All Time, and we are going to continue it today. Um, and for folks who yeah. watched last week and made their voices very strongly heard, there will not be a return of the celebrity mashup name Rudo. People did not like that, Ruel. They did. <laughs> they did not care for for Raël or Rudo. They said, "Can you please yeah. just call it the R and R Top 100?" Um, that yeah. was almost overwhelming. There were a few holdouts who I, I think had a lightness of uh, of spirit, perhaps. But yeah, most people did not want to hear about Rudo's Top 100. <laughs> right, and we give the people what they want. So exactly, it is the we R and R Top 100. Yep. Yeah. So what we're doing, folks? Um, I we each have. Uh, we we each have. You know, top two, three hundred games. We've taken our the best of the best that each of us loves. We've mashed them into one list. We've sent that list to a friend of ours who adjudicates and makes sure we don't have any overlaps. And every week for the next, uh, what is going to be this week and what eight more weeks? I guess seven more weeks. Yeah. We will be yeah. um, just counting down till we get to the best game of all time. And you can think of this as well. Hey, if you think of it in terms of fog of love, um, you know, you know, with Rel and I, I mean, we're in a relationship together, sort of. This show brings us together, yeah. and this is yeah. our couple version of a top 100. And uh, last week's was fantastic. Ruel really surprised me with some very good ideas. I uh, hopefully I surprised him a couple of times. But we're yeah, going to continue yeah, with number games. 90, which I think is your picking up right number 90 i am i am selected yeah so here we are with the top 100 games of all time according to the r&r show uh we're gonna start off with number 90 this is this one surprised me in, in a very good way it's okay. a newer game okay and it's dice miner from atlas games <gasps> oh um, this literally just came out last year and i have been raving about this game since i've gotten it um a viewer on my twitch channel sent me a copy because i couldn't track it down and he was kind enough to send a copy it is absolutely fantastic. It's a dice drafting game um, at its heart. You can see, oh, that's when Amanda Penn and I played it. Um, you're taking dice off this little 3D mountain, and it's set collection. So each turn, you're just taking one die. Uh, there is one special uh, rule where you can only take dice that are not com covered by any other dice. So basically the top of the little mountain. Okay, so However, you get more options you have a as, the, that, as it counts down, right. Correct. And then if, if you have a die with a beer on it, you can roll it, say cheers, and give it to your opponent, which allows you to break the rules. So now you can take two dice, and they can have um, dice on top of them as well. So that's the one way to break the rule. And there are different types of set collection. Uh, the blue dice let you re-roll dice. Uh, the green dice um, let you either keep dice for the next round, or you can uh, protect yourself against the black dice, which are the hazard dice. The hazard dice are dragons and cave-ins. Those are negative points, but on the green dice, if you have a shield or a pickaxe, then it turns into no positive, um, positive points. And if you have multiples of those, it's a multiplier. So it's a really neat, neat set collection game. It play you play three rounds, and no game I've ever played has taken more than 20, 25 minutes. It's wow. wonderful, and every turn has a great decision. Where okay, do I want to take this die or this die, and then do I want to spend my beer dice to give my opponent? a die but i get two dice at once and then you can see there as well the uh on screen there you have different characters each one has different abilities which is basically an ongoing die like a virtual die as well yeah and at the end of the game you're going to score now one thing i did i need to mention the tunnel dice those are the dice that are numbered one through
through five, uh, sort of like Yahtzee, you're trying to uh, get those in straight. So okay. one, two, three, four, five, and you get the added value of that. So one, two, three, four, five, I believe is like 15 or no, 20 points. Uh, so you want to complete as many straights as possible. And what's cool, this is my favorite part. After each round, you take all the dice and you re-roll them and you're going to add those to your next round. So by the end of the game, you have you each have this big mountain of dice that you're going to score points on. Oh, it's so, so much fun. And it really surprised me. I didn't expect this game to really be that, that, not, uh, that fun, honestly. But it is. I played it at least a dozen times with various people and we've all loved it. That's why it's our number 90 game. I am incredibly jealous. I have wanted to play this game for a long time. Um, I, I just love everything about the idea here. I mean, I love the presentation. I love the 3D nature. Uh, as I was watching yeah. the video, it looked like there must be some things you can do that let you take dice from below so that things slide down. So there's a, uh, yes. you know, a very that's cool a, 3D element the... to it, too. Yeah, so when you uh, spend the beer dice, you're giving it to your opponent. You say, cheers, you roll the beer die, and it could come up on a face that they need, but then you get to take two dice, and that's when you get to break the rule where you can take dice from the bottom of the mountain. Oh, and, and oh like my that. gosh, I love it's that. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna, I, I think you're gonna love it. Um, everyone I played it with absolutely raves about it. Actually, after Amanda played it, I think she went out and tried to order a copy. She meant she might have it by now. So, yeah, wonderful game. That's number 90, Dice Miner. Okay, that is a great start. I mean, this is something we, we, we're both gonna be at the Dice Tower West convention. I want to play this there. That, that, I'm that is, it. and you have, I'm it's been it. on my list for a long time. You have just, you know, rocketed to the top of my must play list. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're, we're, we're playing it, man. Cool, cool, okay. cool. All right. So that's number 90. Let's move on. I like it. Let's move on then to number 89, The Isle of Sky from Chieftain nice. to King. And so- oh my goodness, I love this one so much. Uh, I mean, no surprise. And I heard you whispering, yes, nice. So I think you like it, it too. Fantastic choice, yes. Oh, man. Alexander Fister. And it's interesting, in this one, I'm so sorry, he had a co-designer on this one. I do not remember the name of. Uh, you know, Normally, he flies solo, but maybe he should co-design more often, because this is easily one of his best designs to date. This is a tile lane game, and I love laying tile. I, I can't get enough of laying tile. In fact, um, you know, uh, the last one we had from the last episode, my last entry was a tile lane game. This is a tile lane game. I got more tile lane games coming. This is one of the best ones ever. Because what's interesting about it is you start every round, and we're trying to lay tiles to, you know, basically design our own version of the Scottish Highlands. But at the start of a round, you have three tiles. You put them in front of your shield, and behind your shield, you end up um, declaring how much you value those. How expensive is this tile and this tile? going to be. And then you also pick one tile to say, okay, no one can buy that tile. That tile is literally getting axed. It's an axe symbol. Once everybody has made that tough, tough choice about what the values of these tiles are, you reveal, and then your opponents get to pay the money you specified to buy the tiles away from you. And that is creates such interesting and agonizing tension. I want, I mean, it, because if somebody doesn't buy it, then the money I put down is what I pay to get this. But when I say I want this tile and I'm willing to play three coins, if you want that tile and I think you've got three coins, well then maybe I should make it be four coins. 
Um, because depending, if you want it bad, then I'll make you pay more. And then if you decide, oh, I don't want that, then I gotta pay the four coins. So it's it's I don't know what the term is. I'm sure there must be some kind of auction term for this, but it really yeah. just turns everything on its head. Where you're kind of a storekeeper and you're hoping people don't buy your wares so you can buy them, or you're hoping, oh, please buy my wares because I don't want to buy them at the ridiculous price I set for myself. And then that's only half the game. Once you eventually get your tiles, you're doing all the typical Carcassonne style tiling stuff. But the other half of this game is there's a brilliant objective system where every time you play, there are, what is it, um, four different objectives, and each one of them is going to trigger in different combinations at the end of every round, and these objectives will trigger multiple times. In the first round, the first objective goes. In the second round, the second one. In the third round, the first objective and the third objective score. So you are constantly making really tough long-term decisions about what's important. And every time you play, it's a different combination of really interesting objectives, too. I mean, this is one of the best tile-laying games of all time. This is one of the best Alexander Pfister games of all time. It's got a great presentation. It's so good, it's gotten a lot of expansion content that takes it from being just like a nice little tight Carcassonne Plus into a really big, heavy, complex game. But no matter how you slice it, uh, number 89, Isle of Sky, from Chieftain to King, is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Love this game. And... Um, as you said, it's Carcassonne Plus. It's uh, probably uh, Alexander Pfister's one of his most accessible games. I, yes, I, feel I would like. agree. And yeah, and what you know, it's funny while you were going through the description, it just it sort of like just popped in my head what the whole tension of like, okay, I want someone to buy this at this price, but I sort of want to keep this. It, that little tension reminds me a little bit of Furnace, where you're going mm. to different spots in Furnace, and like sometimes you want the resources, but sometimes you really want you'd rather buy the the card itself or the the company. It's got a little bit. Of, I mean, totally two totally different games, but oh, I, I love this game so much. I actually learned this game. Uh, fun fact: years ago, uh, right before they started doing online content from Monique and Naveen of uh, Before You Play. Oh yeah, yeah, um, we, yeah. We met up at a local media meetup, and they they taught me that game, and I I absolutely loved it. I actually, they might have started their channel at that point, but they were nowhere near as big as they are yeah. now. So. Oh yeah, they've exploded. Oh, such a wonderful game. Yeah, oh yeah. So. Gr- a gr- great channel for a great game, but yeah. apparently not as great as our number 88. What's next, Terrell? 88 is... Come on, please work. Our, our number 88 is Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, now, I'm going to preface this by saying okay. I put this on this list with um, sort of like, you know, I would include the expansion, uh, Skulls of uh, Skullport with okay. it. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I wore the base game I I include it because it's such a classic. It is, you know, a worker placement game at its heart and it's got D&D so I it brings I I've seen this happen where it brings uh, D&D fans into board games whereas, you know, if they're strictly role playing games, uh, gamers, they see this, they they're familiar with uh, Waterdeep and all that and they come on over it's like, "Hey, let's play some let's play a board game." It's like, "Oh, I recognize this." So, I think it's done a lot to bring RPGers into the board gaming space. And I just, I just love this game. I think it's so well uh, crafted. Um, you are, you know, the lords of Waterdeep and setting out uh, groups of adventurers to complete your missions. You're gathering resources to complete those missions. And with the Skull or Skullport, uh, was it Skull? I always uh, Skulls of Skullport, I think. Skulls of Skullport, Scoundrels, something like that. It's a tough one to say. Of, <laughs> the Scoundrels of Skullport. Yes. Scoundrels uh, of Skullport. Two right. different bo- 
scoundrels of Skullport. Uh, it adds a board on top and also on the bottom so you can, you know, uh, uh, you have more spaces to compete for. I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, design and a great example of worker placement where mm-hmm. they took, um, you know, the worker placement, um, say, of like uh, Stone Age and just added, made it chunkier and a little more meaty. Um, and this is actually a really good gateway uh, worker placement games. I, I feel like Stone Age would probably be my choice for a gateway, but this one, I just have a lot of great memories of playing this with uh, friends at my local game night and just, you know, a wonderful game where you do have a little bit of take that. That's one thing you got to be careful. Some of those missions, the quests or whatever, they're going to stick. You can stick people with certain ones that sort of hose them uh, overall. But overall, it's a fantastic worker placement game. That's why it's our number 88. Lords of Waterdeep. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I completely agree. And in all honesty, I think the game stands on its own even without the Scoundrels of Skullport expansion. I think it's okay. a worthy entry for our top 100. Uh, because, nice. I mean, this is maybe the ultimate gateway worker placement game. You said, hey, for D&D fans, how about Game of Thrones fans? How about, you know, yeah. Lord of the Rings fans? Anybody yeah. who has ever shown any interest in any fantasy type stuff... Uh, in your life, any kind of pop culture, they are going to enjoy this game. And what's so cool about it is the interaction between players, uh, both because, hey, over the course of the game, the city gets built by us, and we create more worker placement spaces that everybody else can go to, and then we get dividends. But more importantly, my favorite, some of my favorite cards in all of board gaming are in this game. The ones where when I play an event, it says, oh, I get something, and now I have to give something to one of my opponents. And I love those moments. It's great for a multiplayer yeah. game. When I was like, give it to me, give it to me, and all that kind of stuff is great. <laughs> uh, really brilliant, brilliant game. Um, and, oh, by the way, you mentioned it can get a bit cutthroat. The interesting thing is the designers have gone on record saying that the mandatory quest, that's what you're talking about, they were that's literally right, yeah. added in the 11th hour. And as far as they're concerned, it doesn't hurt the game at all just to remove them entirely. Oh, which is okay. what Jen and okay. I do. Uh, if you, if you yeah. just want to truly live and let live where all interaction is positive between players, remove the mandatory quest games and you've got a Care Bear Wonderland with nice. uh, number 88, Lords of Waterdeep. Good call. Good oh, call. Cool. Thank you. All right. Let's move on then to our number 87 on the list. I am not done talking about Tile Air, folks. Let's talk about Miyabi. Oh my goodness. Whoa. I love Miyabi yes. so much. From Haba Games, which... Uh, hardcore gamers might say, wait, Haba Games? What are you talking about? Don't they just make games for, like, you know, little kids? And, uh, yes, they certainly do. But every once in a while, Haba Games will release a, uh, richer, heavier game. I think they call them their family line or something like that. Uh, where, you know, they, they've got Gateway or Gateway Plus style games. And that is definitely where Miyabi fits. This is one of my favorite tile lane games of all time from one of my favorite designers of all time, Michael Kiesling. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Michael Kiesling has been on on fire for the last few years. And of course, everybody loves him so much for Azul, but forget about Azul. Uh, Miyabi kicks Azul to the curb because this is an incredibly simple, beautiful, elegant little tile land game where every round there's a whole bunch of tiles you can grab, and these are kind of polyomino shaped pieces, and all the tiles have different elements on them. Uh, bushes, flowers, some of them have pagodas, some of them are rocky. You never know what you're going to find, but when you take one of them, the element that's on the tile indicates what row it has to be in. So like if you're looking on screen, I just put a little uh, elbow shape uh, and the uh, the bushes of that one had to be on the... you know I, I, that, that determines what row I place it in. But... Um, at the same time I'm doing that, I'm also determining what column it was in. And now that I've placed that tile there, I cannot put anything else in that, t- in that column for the rest of the round. And uh, that may not sound like much, but oh my gosh, 
That simple, simple rule is so incredibly, mind-bogglingly tension-filled. Because as you go, and your field gets fuller and fuller and fuller of tiles, and it gets tougher and tougher to get tiles laid out to be able to achieve whatever you're trying to do as you're laying all these puzzly things out. But you can never blame the game. It's your 100% your fault. I, f- I use this column. It's my fault I can't go there again until everything gets cleared out. And um, that's just the beginning, because another thing I love about this game is it, this is not only a, this is not a two-dimensional tiling game. As you go on, you will lay tiles on top of other ones, and you will build higher and higher and higher. And by the end of the game, even though these are flat tiles, you really feel like you've made a wonderful, gently rolling valley of gardens and all kinds of things to see. Um, this game is uh, you know one of... The the most uh, deceptively deep games there is. It seems so simple. I could teach you how to play this game in under two minutes, and you would know everything you need to know. But um, as you, the longer you play, the more you will just... Ah! Oh, why am I going to fix this problem that I created for myself? As you uh, try desperately to build the most beautiful gardens you can in number 87, Miyabi. One of my favorite tiling is all oh, yeah? time as well. You, you described it perfectly, deceptively deep. Yes. Um, like like you said, I learned the game in two minutes, just like you said. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, to me, I was like, oh, it's just number nine, but uh, with a little more stuff going on. No, it's way more than that. It is so, so deceptively deep, you said. I, Michelle and I love this game. She actually, fun fact, um, when lockdown first happened because of COVID, um, Michelle actually painted one of the, uh, like a, a Miyabi-esque um, uh, thing with her watercolors. Oh, um, wow. It, it came out, yeah, like a Miyabi-ish like, landscape. It was uh-huh. really neat. Now, one thing I got to say, though, uh, I, I wish the art was a, a different style. I don't know, for whatever mm. reason, the art didn't really do it for me, but the gameplay more than made up for it. It's uh, You know why you feel twist. that way? Because it's got uh, one of the most beautiful box art covers you've ever seen. Yeah, and and yeah. the game and you open and the game. It's like, oh, yeah, that looks okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's exactly what it is. Like that box cover, and they, I, that might have been what Michelle watercolored. But oh, yeah, once you open the box, like yeah, yeah. it's like it's okay. It's but a still, fair point, the but the reality is, once you start playing that game, you don't have time to think about what it looks like. You are just your yeah. brain is crunching so hard. And I didn't mention this, totally. but if you feel like okay, I've mastered this game, no, you haven't, because I forget it comes like with almost a half a dozen different little modules you can yeah. turn on that makes it even yep. deeper and richer and more heavy yeah. and complex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, folks uh, that aren't aware, like, be sure, do not sleep on Haba as far as, like, you know, strategy yeah. games go, because, you know, there are a couple of titles. Um, Miyabi is one of them. I, I can think of a few more, but Miyabi is one that definitely, you know, it's not for, like, little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful game. Yep. All right. Great choice. Let's move on to number 86. Let's and, you know, you were just talking about um, tense decisions. This one is full of them. Number 86 is Freedom, the Underground Railroad. <sighs> okay. And this is, we've talked about this game before. Yes. Uh, we did a cooperative list together. It's one of my all-time, If I mean, it's up there for me, cooperative games. Uh, one of the great ones of all time. Um, you are trying to help uh, free slaves during, you know, um, the uh, in the U.S. Uh, back when slavery was still a thing. You know, I, I get like, I, I we talked about this before. Like, it's, you literally get emotional playing this game. Um, because uh-huh. there's no way around it, you are going to lose slaves, and those yep. are human lives. You know, I'm getting a little choked up right now just talking mm-hmm. about. It. Uh, it's a cooperative game, so you and the your fellow players, and you could solo it as well. Uh, you're trying to move um, uh, slaves across the border to Canada to safety. Yes, and you're going to do that through you know uh, cooperative gameplay. It's a card driven game. You could, you have abolitionists that'll help you out. 
Um, and you're trying to, you know, those are all slave catchers there. Uh, they've abstracted it to these little colored cubes and everything, but still, it, it can be brutal. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I don't play this game regularly, but it's a brilliant design. I mean, it's just, it's tough when you really think about it. It, it really, it hits uh, on all cylinders as far as emotion, emotions go. But, I mean, look at that. You have the different abolitionists that give you different uh, abilities. You're going to gain money to help support your cause. And hopefully, you're going to get as many slaves across the border as, as necessary for the win condition. Uh, but there's no two ways around it. You are going to lose lives. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah, that, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's a great, great cooperative game. One of the most um, emotional and uh, hard-hitting themes that I've ever played, if not the most hard-hitting theme I've ever played. I don't know how you can top game. it. Yeah, and that's why I put it, uh, we put it at our number 86 for the R&R Top 100, Freedom, the Underground Railroad. Yeah, I, I completely agree 100%. It's really interesting, too, because if you just look at it, if you didn't know what it was, you'd think, oh, this is just some kind of abstract game. You're moving colorful yeah. little ponds around and there's little cubes and there's other ponds that get in your way. Um, and I think that was a choice that was made deliberately by the developers to try to kind oh, yeah. of look, okay, just appreciate this as a game. And that's one thing. And and you can definitely do that. But the, the thing is the actual cards you're playing, they all have, um, you know, they're, they're all based on real historical people, real historical mm-hmm. events. And this game, for me personally, was so eye-opening. You know, the first time, I think it was actually, I was filming a run-through of this, and I was reading the card devoted to the Dred Scott case, I think, on camera. Mm-hmm. And I almost broke down crying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I, I was tangentially aware of it, but putting it in the context of the world at that moment, and feeling all those, and making those choices, uh, you know, those compromises where, okay, well, for, for the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. To ensure more people can survive, we have to sacrifice these lives over here. Um, and so, you've got this kind of abstract area movement route building game going on, but at the same time, you've got an incredibly evocative and incredibly moving history lesson playing out in front of you. This game, I think, would be fantastic for civics classrooms around the country yes. for, uh, for, for the next generation to learn um, you know, to to be able to approach it and oh look, this is just a game. But you know, if you start reading that flavor text and you start absorbing what's actually going on here under the surface of these colorful emotions, it's it's an incredible journey. I mean, both my wife and I found it yeah. incredibly harrowing. Um, and it's yeah. it's a brave game. It's an important game. It's a work of art. It's it's almost I I hate, I, I I'm a, yeah. loathe to call it a game as opposed to a work of art that illuminates history in a new and valuable way. I think I absolutely 100 percent agree. And uh, as you said, uh, you know, it would be a perfect game for a civics uh, a class. And they've actually, uh, you know, when I, I talked to the designer and um, the the company Academy Games a couple of years ago, Dice Tower West, oh, yeah? and uh, they actually gave me, they let me know that it is used in uh, one uh, school district in New York, and they have a supplemental book that goes wow. with it. And I actually have a copy of it, and it really dives even deeper into the history. So. I mean, it literally is used in in schools. So, um, yeah. Well, that's it's, fantastic. It's absolutely wonderful. But yep. that's our number 86, Freedom, the Underground Railroad. Okay. Well, that was a heavy topic. Uh, let's yeah. go to uh, maybe a slightly lighter one, although I am still not done talking about tile layers, folks, because number All 85 right. on the list is Glenn Moore. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> uh, you know, and honestly... 
for my money, I, I still think this might be the greatest tile layer of all time. And I should say, when I call tile layer, I'm talking about games that are just all about laying those tiles. Uh, I, I will have other games on the list that I will be talking about in the future that have tiles, but there are other games, there are bigger games that do some tile laying. This is just a pure tile laying exercise is so brilliant. There is so much going on. Interestingly, uh, twice in this list, we're talking about um, laying tiles to you know build out the Scottish Highlands. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but uh, I guess it's just a really rich source material. But you know, the this game, uh, we're drafting tiles, we're placing them in our own little uh, fiefdoms in front of us, and the brilliant thing about this game, this is a tile-laying engine builder. Because each tile you build can produce goods or convert goods into other goods or do various and sundry effects, and when you take a tile and you decide where you're going to put it on your little building fiefdom... Uh, you, you activate that tile and every tile it's adjacent to. So every new tile becomes fuel that feeds your existing tiles. And that means you need to be building so smartly and thinking so long-term about, right, okay, because you can see like the next 20 tiles that are available. And you, okay, if I put this here and I leave this slot available, if I can get that tile that's like, I don't know, 15 turns away from me right now and slot it in, that will be the perfect one, two, three combo, and they'll all just trigger off each other and it'll be massive. And then you think, oh, well, then there's no way you're going to get that, right? Because everybody else can see that and they're not going to let you have it. This is a drafting game. The other brilliant half of this game is the drafting of your tiles is done on a time track, uh, which is to say, let me um, go on ahead and show the time track. What happens is, let me move my big fat hand. You can see all those tiles that are coming. 20 was a bit large, more like 12. You can see the next 12, or is it 10 or 12 tiles? And if you see one way off in the distance, way off in the future you need, you can just jump right ahead, skip the queue, and you know, jump five or six turns into the future and grab that because you know how important it is for that little combo you've made for yourself. Here's the problem, though. If you jump really far ahead like that, that means all the other players who you left behind, they will get to take multiple turns before you ever get to go again because it's whoever's at the end of the track um, gets to go. And you know, So if I jump really forward to get that perfect tile, I have given a huge bounty to my opponents. And the beautiful thing in a two-player game, there's basically a virtual opponent, a special die that only has um, ones and twos on it that will move forward and take tiles in a kind of semi-predictable way. The game is brilliant. The tiling is world-class. The engine building, one of the best engine builders of all time. The time track makes it all hum and purr and sing so well. There's also a really strong economic engine as well, because you can be generating resources to run your engine, or to sell them at market, uh, or getting coins so you can buy stuff at market that you don't have another way to generate. And the interesting thing is, the stuff that's in the market was put there by other players. So there's this indirect um, you know, connection between players. We're all working together. And now, on top of that, you've got meeples that you are trying to move around from tile to tile as well, or graduate them so they can be big scoring things. And there's objectives uh, that players are racing to be the first to complete as well. I mean, there's it's it's absolutely amazing. From um, was it uh, Matthias Kramer, one of the best designers of all time, and I say that largely off the strength of this game. Although he's done a lot of other really brilliant designs too, Lancaster, Helvetia, um, you know, uh, uh, Watergate. Uh, but for me. Glenn Moore, oh man, it takes the cakes. Just one of the absolute best of all time and our number 85 on the list. Wow, wow, wow. I 
Well, wasn't this game out of print for a while? It and, was out of print. Um, and what's happened? I should have mentioned this. You're, I'm glad you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenmore 2, recently funded yes. really well on Kickstarter, was a big monster mm-hmm. hit. And don't get me wrong. I love Glenmore 2 as well. Uh, and in fact, mm-hmm. Glenmore 2 basically takes Glenmore and just adds so much new stuff. Uh, tons and tons of content from lots of really well-known designers. So arguably, I would say almost objectively, it's the superior game to get. But... Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think I still prefer the original Glenmore because of a few key design decisions that were made that were okay. kind of streamlined out to add complexity elsewhere in Glenmore 2. I don't consider Glenmore 2 to be just kind of like an expansion. It feels like a different beast to me uh, because it okay. added this whole area-majority board where players are vying for control and dropped one of the most important um, tactical decisions you have to make when you're actually laying out stuff to, to kind of make room. I, I, I would recommend either, but if, you, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Glenmore over Glenmore 2, but both of them are fantastic. Uh, I guess you yeah. could say this is kind of a shared entry at number 85. The Glenmore... Whatever Glenmore you can get your hands on, quite frankly. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was I was always curious about that because I, I didn't uh, follow up on Glenmore 2. Like, I wasn't sure if it was just a standalone game, a sequel, a redo, or if you could get Glenmore 2 and still play, like, the original Glenmore. But it sounds like... It's a, no, it's a different piece. I would games. call Glenmore 2 okay. a proper sequel. You know, a lot of times games say, oh, I'm game 2 in the series. And it's like, you're like, no, you're the same game with just, like, a little bit of expansion content in. Glenmore 2, yeah, yeah. it's a new thing. Um, nice. we, we, you know, still keeping the heart of Glenmore. Yeah. All right. All right. So what's choice. 84? Let's move on to a number 84 on our list. It is... A Thailand game? No. <laughs> I had to roll some dice. Kubitos. Oh, um, there we go. Yep. A yep, recent yep. favorite. You know how much I love this game. Uh, just a, a, a quick overview of it would be, I would just call it, it's the Quacks of Quinlanburg, the dice version. That, that's what this is. Uh, you're basically pushing your luck every round in a race game. Yes. As you can see there, you're racing around the board, you and Jen, and you're doing it through the use of dice. You start with a sta- standard dice, and it's a uh, bag builder, dice builder, uh, where you're going to generate income and movement. Income get you better dice and movement, moving around the the uh, board there, and it's a really neat um, design. Again, one of my favorite designers uh, of, of these days, John D. Clare. Uh, him and AEG, they're knocking it out mm-hmm. of the park with all of their games. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can see there, you roll uh, dice, you put them in the active slot, then you use the active dice, and you're going to move into your discards. There are also spots where you can trash dice, you know, get rid of your basic dice. Uh, that way you can, you know, have better odds to pull those really, really nifty dice. And what's great is all the different colored dice there, uh, they all have different abilities, and you can change those abilities from game to game. I think each one has like five different yeah. uh, variations on them. And then, as you can see, the board as well. You can flip that over. There's another board. I think there's like two or four boards. I believe he comes with four boards in the base game, yeah. Four boards, yeah. Four racetracks. And, um, yeah, and then you also have that sidetrack there, the fan track, where, you know, sort of like a makeup, if you get hosed on a turn where you push your luck too much and you uh, quote-unquote bust, mm-hmm. um, you don't get, you don't just lose your turn. You actually go move up on the fan track, which will give you, uh, like, the extra income or, um, I think, a additional die or whatever. So it, it's a nice catch-up mechanism. I love this one. Again, big hit in our household. Uh, we uh, Michelle and I love it, too. I played it, I think, at 3 and 4. Just as wonderful. Um, that is why it's our number 84 game, Kubitos. I agree with everything you said. The variety of this, because all the dice are going to be in every game, but they all change function and different combinations of functions. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some people complain that, oh, yeah, if you bust, because you're pushing your luck, trying to get the most you can out of your dice, if you bust, oh, the consolation you get on the fa- on the crowd, the stadium track, isn't worth it. 
you're playing it wrong. Um, I yeah. will uh, often almost on purpose say, okay, I don't care. I almost want to bust because the higher you go up on that, it can become so incredibly powerful if you get multiple yeah. busts. Um, yes. So sometimes I go, you know what? I'm going to be able to do this round. I can't reach a space on the board that I really care about. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm just going to have a little bit of fun with it and see what I get. Because if I bust, I'm almost happier for it. Um, yeah, yeah, everything about this design is so brilliant. The production is great. Although I should say, if you're looking at this on YouTube, okay. those cute little googly-eyed um, racers on the track, the game does not come with those. Those are some gamer glass <laughs> that my wife, Jennifer Ham makes. Uh, you can go to uh, gamerglass.art if you'd like to find out more. Those often appear in a lot of my videos. Uh, the, the, the It's called Cubitos because we're on a cube planet where there are cube animals engaging in their little cube be races um yeah and yeah it's sort of sort of bizarre <laughs> yep yeah I, yeah the theme is sort of weird and like it sort of put me off at first i was like it looks like spongebob SquarePants on the cover and I'm like well, i don't really yes, know it very much game. does you are right yeah <laughs> but then when you actually play it it's like oh this is so good so 84 kubitos a wonderful dice builder bag building um race game i agree that is an Excellent, excellent entry, but not as excellent as our number 83, in my opinion, anyway. And I'm finally going to stop talking about uh, tile layers for a while. Um, and I know okay, you love rolling dice. So let's talk about number 83, role player. Oh, yes. You, you, I know you played this. I know you love this, love right? this game. There's yeah, no two ways about game. it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, this game is so brilliant. Um, the story it tells is the creation of a fantasy Dungeons and Dragons RPG type character where over uh, many, many rounds, we are drafting dice that will add up towards our strength, our dexterity, our, our constitution, our intelligence, our wisdom, and our charisma. Right? Yeah, the, the, the classic D&D stats. And uh, as part of setup, we end up getting a, a random assortment of cards that indicate, you know, what uh, fantasy archetype we're going to be, you know, what our, uh, you know, what kind of race we have, what type of uh, personality we have, what type of class we are. And um, this gives us a bunch of targets. If I'm a halfling, I want to have high dexterity and I want to have low strength. Uh, and if I end, I mean, so um, when I'm drafting dice, I need to be very careful and get the right dice at the right time to hit all my target goals because the closer I can make the perfect halfling cleric, let's say, although that's just the start. Uh, you could be lizard monsters or um, you know elves. I mean, it, the uh, so much expansion content has come out. There are so many, so much variety in just what you get to be in this game. As every round, you roll those dice, you put them up on the auction block or the drafting block, and then players take turns deciding which die they're going to take and where they're going to plug it in. Because every time you finish one of your attributes, you unlock a special power that will let you re-roll dice or swap dice around or do all kinds of things. This game is such an intricate puzzle. Uh, there's so many layer upon layer upon layers. Oh, and there's your... Uh, your um, um, Oh, what's it? Your alignment. You also have to, okay, am I uh, chaotic, yeah. good, or evil? There's so many things you're trying. You're trying to achieve all of these things to perfection. It's impossible to do them all, so you're really having to compromise. Okay, well, I guess I'll be good instead of evil like I'm supposed to, but say I'll be because this die is going to be perfect over here because it's going to unlock this. It's going to trigger a combo chain. And so the puzzle of drafting these dice and then building the perfect character is fantastic. But then there's the other half of the game, the draft itself. Um, when I first played this game years ago, was it like 2014? Something like that? I think maybe this game came out? Something. It's been out for a long time. Or maybe maybe 2017. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, to get the dice, we roll the dice, we put them on this kind of auction block, and we take turns grabbing them. 
This is entwined drafting. Long before it became all the hotness and all the rage these days that seems like every third game is an entwined drafting where, oh, whenever I draft something, I'm having to get something else, whether I want it or not. And this game was doing that a long time ago because every die you grab, not only is the die you need, it's not only a color you need, it's not only a value you need, but it's an initiative speed because the second half of a round is we can then buy equipment, learn spells, get um, you know uh, special tricks we can do on cards. And you desperately want to be, most of the time, the first player to grab one of those because you're set collecting trying to get the perfect set of armor for your character or try to get um, a special skill that will um, dovetail perfectly into whatever your um, your alignment might be or whatever it might be. But what do you want to know? The, the die in the number one slot that would let you get items first? That's the last die you want. You want the die that's in the worst space or the die in the middle space. If I take that one, hey, I actually get extra money. Um, but then you as the second player get to decide, oh, am I going to go first? Which means I'll get first dibs on all the equipment. So the draft is really interesting very interactive. And I'll be honest, it can get a little cutthroat sometimes because it's usually pretty easy to see. Oh, that would finish your chainmail armor, wouldn't it? It'd be a real shame if somebody else took that and literally tossed it for some extra cash, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm afraid that's what just happened. Um, but you know what I mean? Jen and I live with it because, hey, that happened because I didn't value it properly and I put you in the spot where you could grab it before me. Everything about this game is great. It's wonderfully thematic. And I've always heard some people complain about, it's so frustrating um, because all you do is you create a character. And to me, it's so satisfying. Look at my character. This is ready to go out on adventures. And other people say, well, and so there have been expansions that actually allow your adventurers as you're building them to have little adventures and fight monsters. Yes. Those are nice if you want that. I have never felt a need for that at all. If you want to take yeah. these characters on adventures, what you want to do is get role player, um, what's it called? Role player adventures, I believe, which is a separate yeah. standalone game. You can create a new character here and then transport it into a big epic narrative uh, campaign game as well, which is super cool. Uh, the industry's never seen anything quite like that in terms of crossover. But all of the cool additional stuff that has come out afterwards. I mean, so much stuff has come out because this is such a well-loved game. It is so brilliant. Wonderful production. Uh, it's just so satisfying and just just incredibly crunchy and puzzly. Number 83, Role Player. Yeah, a huge hit for me and my gaming group, and mm -hmm. everything you said about it is so true. I I love um, how thematic it is. Yes, you know, when you're building up about your stats, and you know you literally are creating this character just like, as you would, you know, in D and D or any other RPG. And what I love too is that it's uh, you talked about the interconnectivity of of the universe. Like they've come out with role player. Uh, the, I think it's called Monsters and Mayhem. That's the one where you can like um, fight monsters or whatever. Yep. And then they have uh, role player adventures they did lockup which was a worker placement oh yeah place, mm -hmm. uh, in this world and then they did the wonderful one of the all-time great roll and write games cartographers based yep. in this world so yep. everything fits together role player itself though stands alone it is an absolutely wonderful puzzle game i i love this one as well cool all right but apparently not as much as our number 82 yeah number 82 we're speaking of a dragons and dungeons and monsters and yep. all this yes, stuff this one does it in spades and then some that's why it's our number 82 clank legacy <laughs> acquisitions incorporated yeah now i'm not going to spoil it for anyone because it's it is a legacy game but i can talk about clank uh it's a deck building game um it is a push your luck game because you're trying to dive into the depths of the dungeon but as you can see here uh in clank legacy uh you're exploring this big enormous world uh there is another side of this board as well and you're going to unlock things like in any other legacy games you got stickers to put you're going to destroy cards 
Um, but it's a deck builder at its heart. You're uh, play, you draw five cards. You're going to use some for movement. You will use some for um, perhaps currency or uh, for combat. You're going to fight monsters. You're going to you know uh, upgrade your items. You're going to collect loot and more. And I, I love the legacy game because there's there were so many nice little surprises. It's got a really good narrative. And if you're familiar with Acquisition Incorporated, it's just straight out. There's just a lot of laughs. Like when I played this with my group, um, it was, uh, you know, it's about 10 games or so. Yeah. We played it over the course of about a month, month and a half. And we had so many laughs during each game because there's a lot of humor in the cards and just the gameplay itself. And it's one of my favorite legacy um, uh, experiences of all time. And I think they did such a wonderful job with this because they kept the heart of Clank and what it makes it special with this uh, like dungeon crawly push your luck a deck building game mm-hmm. and they expanded on it they made it better and oh did my camera just uh, i fail? don't know yeah i can still hear you you're good okay uh looks like my camera you have a new okay, device um, detected apparently very exciting oh okay exciting um oh no i have a new device detected i need to oh, tell okay. it to stop doing that I... don't switch right. sorry that was me <laughs> oh, okay um so you know what they did was just expand it made it better and included the things from acquisitions, acquisitions incorporated that were funny. And yeah. just, it's a hilarious a world with hilarious characters. And it, again, I don't want to spoil anything because I, I feel like anyone that's into deck building, uh, dungeon crawlers, and or acquisitions incorporated, you've got to play this game. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Great experience. That's why it's our number 82, Clank Legacy Acquisitions I concur completely. I don't know if you mentioned it, but Acquisitions Incorporated apparently is a very, very popular comic strip series. That is, yes. you know, a, a fantasy about bureaucrats in a fantasy world or something like that. And so, um, you know, the writers of that, which are basically the Penny Arcade artists and writers, worked with the Clank developers from Renegade to make, I would say, it, it is hard to argue this is one of the, uh, the you, you, I don't think you can argue against this is one of the funniest board games that's ever been produced. It is repeatedly yeah. laugh out loud funny. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't say that lightly because, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I lol and you're like, no, maybe you just thought that was a wry chuckle or something like that. But no, Jen and I would often laugh out loud as we were reading the uh, story snippets of this game. And then, yeah, Clank has yeah. always been a great deck building, push your luck dungeon delver. And it just becomes better with this. And the important thing to bear in mind, folks, is after you have finished a legacy campaign, you don't throw it away. You don't burn it on a funeral pyre. You keep it because you now have a customized world that you and your friends have made that you can continue to play um, for Avernitum. After we finished this, I got rid of my original version of Clank because I didn't need it. Why would I play on that when I could play on a custom board that my wife and I made and have just as much fun, but it's much more meaningful for us because this is our customized personal world. And um, and it's still compatible with other expansions and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so I, I completely agree. Clank was always a fantastic game and this takes it so far above and beyond the next level good call number 82 yeah okay and let's what's above 82 is Um, 81 what do we have for i don't know if everybody would agree but uh for me it's a no-brainer our number 81 and this is maybe a little bit more um esoteric maybe not as many people know of it but that's a shame if that's the case because kashgar merchants of the silk road is so phenomenally brilliant i i mean I, i i cannot stress uh, enough just how much Jen and I love it. It's one of the best engine building games of all time. And um, 
what would you call it? I would almost say it's... We were just talking about Clank. I would say this is one of the best deck-building games of all time because what we're doing here as merchants of the Silk Road, you know, trying to travel back from east to west and west to east, although really the travel is left out of it. I mean, we're just stopping at certain places on the Silk Road and using our caravan full of characters to generate resources to fulfill contracts in on the Silk Road itself. But the reason I call this an engine builder and a deck builder, even if you're looking at it, you might say, well, this doesn't look like a deck builder. This is actually three simultaneous deck builders at the same time. Because each player has a stack, three decks in front of them. And unlike most deck builders where, oh, the deck is all shuffled up and ran, you don't know where everything is in it, you have each deck splayed out in front of you. You know at all times where every single card is in every one of your decks. And on every one of your turns, you are going to take one of the three cards that's at the top of one of your decks and activate it, and then that that one card gets buried at the bottom of that deck. And over time, you're getting more characters you are adding them to one of these three decks. And the whole game is about trying to maintain perfect synergy between these three independent decks. Uh, because if you can, if, oh, you know, okay, I really want to use this one right now because it will generate resources that this other character desperately needs. The problem is that other character is buried three cards deep in their deck. So you do not want to do this action until you can get that other character into position. But that means you are going to have to spend time, um, you know, messing around with that. Oh, and we're doing this again. Why? Oh, uh, stop! Do- don't switch. Discord, stop it. Stop it, folks. In case you didn't know, we're actually filming this live. And oh, I can click. Don't show me this again. All right, it won't show me that again. Why do you, why do you want to do that? Anyway, sorry about that. What was I just saying? Oh, cash car, merchant of sick road. Um, trying to get all of your uh, three decks. Singing in perfect harmony, um, you know, getting the right characters into the right slots, but then that's not enough because when you add them to the deck, they're at the bottom of the deck. And it's going to take a while, several turns that you have to churn through everybody else. But you might have to churn, you want to get to that character so bad, but that means you have to use characters that you have no use for right now. So it's all about building three parallel engines in deck format and running all of them at the same time. This game explodes in depth and complexity the longer it goes and the more rich. Because, of course, as you're building these decks, you're putting certain types of characters into certain places. You know, oh, those will work well together. Or, okay, no matter what, this deck is always just going to generate resources. Whatever it's doing, it's probably generating something that these other ones will do until, oh, the best one to put in here doesn't generate. Do I um, abandon what this deck was about? Do I start pulling people out of these decks and deck thinning them so I can get to other stuff faster? Do I keep lean decks that I just run through really fast? All the normal stuff you think about with a deck builder multiplied by three and no randomness at all. Everything is preordained. Everything is about long-term, very, very tough decision-making to make in number 81 on the list, Kashgar Merchants of the Silk Road. Whew. Wow. Wow. Great choice. I'm going to be honest, I've never played this uh, game before, but just based on that whole, the three decks at once, that looks like something I'd be into. Um, I I love that, you know, trying to get everything in the right order at the right time. And as you said, there's no randomness. You're going to, you're going to see what you're going to see. And, um, I don't know why this just, uh, it never, it was never on my radar. Well, it's interesting. It originally was published only in Germany, only in Germany. 
And there's a lot of text oh. on these cards. And um, I originally played it because there was a super fan who actually loved it so much. He translated everything, made his own Photoshop versions of all the cards, and then um, oh, you know wow. just put them up. Uh, you could go to like an online on-demand print store. And I printed out a copy of this game, and it cost me like 80 bucks uh, because it's oh, very expensive gosh. to do. And that's what I actually yeah. demonstrated. Years later, they finally brought out an English version. And um, yeah, I, it, it breaks my heart that it was not widely touted. I mean, you know, in the same way that last year, uh, you know, Furnace, I mean, you mentioned Furnace earlier, got so much love, yeah. and deservedly so. This game deserves that same kind of love. From designer Gerhard Hecht, one of the greats, this uh, game. If you like deck building, if you like engine building, if you like dry, dusty, Euro-y style goods conversion stuff that just makes your brain catch on fire with just how puzzly it is, and that's what I love. Uh, you'll probably yeah. love number 81, Kashgar, Merchants of Silk Road. Nice. And phew, we Great did it. Well, week two is in the bag. Yes. All right. So, did one of us say Rocky? I hope so. Um, and I hope so everybody too. was able to hear us saying it, because if they did, as Ruel said earlier, you can send what game we were talking about when either Ruel or I said the word Rocky. Send that as your subject to contest at rotto.com, and you will be entered to win the awesome Fog of Love from show sponsor um, Floodgate Games. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think we've done it, and we'll be back... We'll be back in the near future to go to continue this, uh, getting into the 70s. And I can't wait to see what Ruel's come up with. So, uh, yeah. anything you've got in closing, or shall we uh, be no, I'm, I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the list here. I mean, we've knocked out 20 of the 100, and so far, all 20 fantasy yes. games. Like, I, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the rest, the 80 of, of that remained. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, going to do it here. Um, I'll throw it back to you, Rado. Yep, I, I I agree. I am very proud of this list so far. You and I don't know what each other is going to come up with, but I don't think... Uh, I, I think we, we have nailed 20... I'm going to say 20 of the best game modern Euro board games there are, period. And there's just gonna it's just going to get better, folks. So, uh, you know, tune in, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy. And if you missed the first episode, uh, I think we mentioned right up front, you can find all episodes of the R&R show. Uh, there's a link down there at the bottom screen. rnr.rado.com. That's just a big old playlist. Um, this was episode 28. Oh my gosh, we've been doing this forever, and we're going to keep on doing it because we've got another 80 games to talk about. We got a ways to go. <laughs> okay, folks. Well, thanks for watching. Thank you, um, Ruel, for uh, putting in the time and coming up with awesome selections. And uh, most importantly, thank you to sponsors of the show, Floodgate Games. Thanks for watching, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye-bye. Boop. Okay. All right. Grr, nice, stupid nice ear. I, I, I knew it. I knew messing with him was just going to cause problems. We would have had an otherwise almost completely flawless episode. It would have been one of our smoothest yeah, to date. Except for these I, things. I was, these yeah, things. Was... <laughs> I, I was freaking out because I thought my camera had died because I couldn't see myself. And then I was like, wait, no, I could still see myself. And it was a notification. I didn't see it on my computer. It's like, oh, that was weird. Yeah, the thing is, I haven't put them back in there. I mean, these things stay on. Until I put them in their little recharging case. They're like iPods. Uh, yeah. They're from Razer. They're yeah. really good. I love these things, actually. Uh, they fit in my yeah. ear wonderfully. They've got really incredible sound. I've got really big cavernous ears. Regular, You know, the kinds that have like the little rubber stuff that you have to just kind of jam in there and squish around. I yeah. hate those things. These just rest comfortably right. and they, they don't fall out. Um, and... Uh, 
But I was afraid of putting them back in because I was afraid if I turned them off that that might mess something up. So I just figured, oh, I'll just put them off to the side. And every once in a while, Discord yeah. said, oh, hey, I've detected these. Would you like to switch to them? And that's what kept <laughs> happening. And then the third time is when I noticed, oh, I can tell you to stop telling me that. Arr. Oh, well. Oh, well. Back to the drawing board on them. But, folks, what? <laughs> this was supposed to be a quicker episode. We got 10 minutes. But we, okay, let's see. Did oh, anybody wow. ask any um, frogging, any questions during that time? If not, folks, you got 10 I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, start your questions with a question mark so we can spot them. Has anybody submitted anything yet, Ruel? Uh, no. Um, yeah. Actually, Goblin Goblin did want to mention that Fog of Love was not gender-specific. Thank which, you. I yeah, probably should have mentioned that. I kind of yeah. did because, um, I mean, I, I probably... I mean, you know, the interesting thing is, hey, it's two dudes. It could be two ladies or a dude and a lady. And actually, one of the yeah. expansions that's coming, as I understand it, is really kind of focused on LGBTQ issues as well, um, which is right. very, very cool. So, yeah, you're awesome. right. I, I, I should have mentioned that. My bad. Um, but you know what? Hey, if I, if I piqued anybody's curiosity... They will, they will discover stuff over time, I guess. Yeah. Um, Party On Dudes asks, <laughs> what are some of your favorite solo games? <laughs> I like the Party On Dudes. Great, uh, great handle. Yes. Favorite solo games. Oh, my gosh. You play a lot more um, solo than me. Yeah, I'll just I'll just mention one that I, I just I'm playing. Uh, I started playing last week. Uh, it's a solo variant for Overboss. Um, they have a oh, solo yeah. campaign mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the actual campaign. It is uh, six. I have it here on the table here. It is six levels or six games, and you have different goals that you're trying to complete for each level. And you can do side quests, and it, it's a really neat system. So um, what do they do to I turn mean, it, it into a solo game? Are you just trying to beat your own best score? Do they give you objectives you must complete or you lose, or how does it work? Yeah, you'd have three uh, objectives per game that you must complete two of them okay. in order to go to the next level. But if you complete all three, then you get uh, you get like a little token or, or, or you you circle one of the symbols. And if you get more of those symbols, they're, I think they're called soul gems. You get more soul gems at the end, you're going to get a better uh, score. And it, I, I just, I like the way they did this. Um, you're you're going to, the number of soul gems and icons that you collect uh, you look at the chart, and then the, depending on what you get, you get an adjective and a noun. So, for instance, right now, I am a scary monster. I would agree. Uh, it's sort look of like at that beard. Lips. Yeah. The the greatest one, The if you get the highest score, you're going to be a relentless abomination. Oh, okay. And there's stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's cute. And you're not, you don't change the gameplay. The only thing is, it's sort of like Calico or Cascadia, where you have the market tiles, and then after your turn, you're going to discard the farmost to the right, and then you're going to refill the market, and then go from there. Um, it, it's it's quick to play. It's a wonderful uh, solo variant of Overboss, and that's what I'm playing right now. Ah, cool. But I, I, I love, there's so many solo games out there. I'm just going to... I'll just highlight the one I've Yeah, my simple go-to answer, I mean, the only game I play with any kind of regularity solo is Marvel Champions, uh, because there's just so much, and I'm so far behind now, and I'd rather play it with Jen, but Jen's really got to be in the right frame of mind to play that game, because it's just gotten so big and so complex. Yeah. Uh, Goblin also asks, Underground Railroad or This War of Mine, which is more emotional? I have not played This War of Mine. It's high on my list because uh, when I talked to Richard back in the day about our best cooperative games, he had mentioned this, and it sounds like something that would hit hard. And uh, I know for just me personally, Underground Railroad, nothing even comes close to it, but I know that This War of Mine is supposed to be really good. I will actually say, I think probably This War of Mine, if you really allow yourself to get into it, uh, because, I mean, uh, you know, Underground Railroad is, is a game about, you know, just... You know, a stain on humanity's soul, quite frankly. Uh, you know, just an abomination. Uh, and um, but it is still a game where we're fighting the good fight. 
you know, and, and while we have to make heart-wrenching decisions and while we are faced with man's inhumanity to man in the worst possible way, um, you know, there's still kind of an undercurrent of positivity and we and you know and and, and you can, okay let's focus on what we're doing and, and how we're saving lives and how we're changing the world because it's not just about saving the slaves it's also about helping to bring about the uh the abolition of slavery as well there's like a whole nother element of the game of you know a politics element too uh that you know people tend to forget about um this war of mine is just about a small group of people chances are several of them will die and before they do, you get to know them very well. And you know, even if they make it through, they will go. They will face and just very directly. You know, uh, the Underground Road is on a macro level. This war of mine is just zoomed in right on really mm-hmm. harrowing personal tragedy. You know, the first time there is an event card, and you open your door, and it's little children who are li- who are visibly starving to death, begging for food, and you have to decide: Am I going to give them food or not? Knowing that if I give them food, one of my own might starve to death. And, you know, that, I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's like a whole nother level um, that that it it puts you through those kinds of decisions all the time. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, can they tie? (laughs) They they do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. What are, uh, let's see, this is from Nazgoth. Nazgoth asks, what are your favorite non-board game podcasts? Mm. Um, I mean... For yeah. me, uh, standard, uh, I think a lot of people, This American Life, I think that's an uh, excellent podcast. Um, slices of American Life um, every week or so. Okay. Um, I do not know that one. I, I, yeah, actually, that I, I, I find I do not. I used to listen to podcasts a lot more. I've, I've had to stop. Uh, Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the, let's see. The ones that are still. Uh, well, actually, I can just look. My phone will tell me. I know oh, I, okay. um, I will keep on listening to Ezra Klein. I know he switched. Uh, from was oh, yeah, it, yeah. Vox over to uh, uh, it's, it's still the same thing. I mean, uh, his interviews are just so enlightening, and I, I just find him to be a really smart thinker. Uh, recently, I've been uh, listening to the, the problem with John Stewart. Uh, I've been uh, checking oh, that out. Okay, and yeah, um, yeah. oh, and then forward with Andrew Yang. Those are those are the three that I've nice. got um, a queue of to get through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the other ones I listen to on and off is. Uh, uh, they call me Bruce. It's uh, done by Phil Yu and Jeff Yang. It is a uh, uh, Asian American pod- or a podcast that uh, discusses Asian American issues uh, in pop culture and, mm. and so forth. Um, I, I think they're just they're really good. Um, and then the one I talked about, This American Life, and I don't. I, I I I'm like you. I used to listen to a lot more podcasts, but nowadays I, I don't really listen to too many. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. It is. Um, heaviest games that fit in a small box or don't take up a ton of space. Heaviest games that fit in a small box. Huh. Well, I mean, I know for a fact, probably the current um, winner of that would have to probably be, I haven't played it, so I'm guessing, but Arkwright the card game, because Arkwright is certainly one of the heaviest Euros there is, period. And I haven't played the card game, but what I understand is they did not really scrimp very much. So if that game is even half as heavy as Arkwright is, it's got to take the cake. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, That would be be my nominee. Yeah. I I always go back to uh, one of my favorite two-player games uh, for... It's a toddling game, too, is uh, uh, Acroteri, a two-player game by Senfu. Oh, sure. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That one's got got a little bit of crunch to it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kabuki Kid still wants to know. Okay. Like, oh, we all Kabuki do. Kid. What is the vacuum cleaner? You probably have, I would bet, over 10,000 Rado points at this point. You want to know, push the button, request a trivia. 
You you can't take those points with you. Spend them, um, and you will maybe find out the answer. That would be my that would be my response to Kabuki. <laughs> uh, you know the uh, Kabuki kid. Does I, I want to point to that? Uh, they do bring up a great point here. Um, let me see if I can cue it up here. And this is so true. Uh, Mick and Starler mm. from Our Family Plays Games said that they refuse to play Freedom of the Underground Railroad. For them, it is just too touchy of a subject to be made into a game. That's totally hundred percent agree. It, yeah. it is. It's. It's one of those things. Like I, I. It's for me. It's difficult to recommend it because of the subject matter. I mean, you know. And again, I'm trying to be objective. The design is excellent. The gameplay itself is. But you know, you can't separate. At least for me, I can't separate the theme and the gameplay. It, it's all intertwined, and it's. You know, you use the word heroin. I, I think it's heroin. It's brutal. And again, um, it, it's a very, uh, uh, I mean, it's a bad part of American history that, um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to play Oh, this yeah, game, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure their lives are probably still daily touched and affected by those yeah. events, even though they are, you know, hundreds of years old now. So I could certainly, yeah. it makes total sense that, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have fun doing this. So, yeah, yeah it yeah. makes total sense. Okay, uh, this one's from Goblin. If honor or if offered, <laughs> would you take Eternal Life? Sounds like a movie. Well, no, no. Forget about offered. I am taking Eternal Life. Make no mistake. I personally, Richard Ham, yeah. and my wife Jennifer Ham, we have agreed we are going to live forever. We uh, right. because there's no choice about it. Um, aging is a disease that will be cured. With it probably within the next couple hundred years, um, you know, yeah. every day they're getting closer and closer. They're finding all these particular genes that are what you know lead to cellular decay, and um, you know, and they found, oh look, we can just turn those off. And what's going to happen is, in well, yours in my lifetime, the uh, the average age is just going to, at least in Western countries where you know they have access to all the best, um, you know, the cutting edge stuff. It's just going to continue to expand and expand and expand. And so yeah. you know. A hundred years from now, or fifty years from now, it's not going to be that unusual to see. Oh yeah, a hundred year olds. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when you get up to one hundred and ten, that's when you're you're really pushing it. And I think, yeah. you know, Jen and I um, are taking steps with with our diet, with exercise and whatnot, and um, to ensure that we can, you know, kind of hold on until that last really big hurdle is flipped. Where okay, yeah, uh, cells don't have to decay anymore. Um, cells, we, we, you know, everybody can just continue to make infinitely respawning um, cells. So, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want eternal life because I don't want to be old forever. But no, you'll be young forever. That will happen. Yeah. That is in humanity's future. And uh, I really don't want to miss that. So my intention is <laughs> to push and make it to that because I honestly don't think it's that far away. Wow, nice! I, I I'm gonna try to join you on that journey. Well, I, you know, I've one of the things I've I won't be doing, doing R and R eternally, though. I'm gonna say that right now. R and R's got to stop it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been trying. I've tried to change my diet this year. I've I've gotten a little more plant based. I mean, I still uh, eat certain meats, but I've, I'm trying to get a little more plant based uh, overall. Um, but yeah, you know, just a quick example from, um, I'm looking at, okay, I, I love, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, he is 37 years old and he's still playing at like a very high level. And that is because, you know, he is taking care of his body and the technology advances as far as, you know, diet, exercise, yeah. uh, the technology, the equipment they're using, mm -hmm. like the shoes and stuff. 
it's advanced so much within our lifetimes that he's able to play for an extended period of time at the highest level. Um, why can't that be used for humans in normal everyday life? It, he's it just is. cutting it's edge. Be, that will yeah. eventually yeah. be available Definitely. for everybody. I mean, a humanity or at least, again, Western society, although it's bled all around the world, yeah. has been going through now, what is it, a 70-year experiment with vilifying saturated fats and um, you know putting uh, carbs on a pedestal. And it is changing. Uh, it, you know, People are realizing uh, Ansel Keys got it wrong, that the uh, commission in the 70s had said, okay, we're just going to change it. With, even though all the scientists are telling us not to do it, we're just going to change this and you know, create the food pyramid. And ever since then, diabetes, um, you know, I mean, all these preventable diseases have just skyrocketed. Just get rid of sugar, folks. If you can, yeah. definitely get rid of sugar. And if you can, get rid of grains because ultimately your body just processes them into sugar too. If you can do that, you're going to put 20 years on your life. Just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. Our society makes it very hard because the entire food industrial complex has basically spent the last 50 years pushing sugar uh, because, oh, well, the government says get rid of saturated fat, even though that is literally what we evolved to eat and thrive on. Yeah. And then when the government said, oh, we shouldn't eat that, well, okay, but that's what makes everything taste delicious. Well, what can we do instead? <laughs> Let's just put sugar in everything. And But it's low fat, so it's healthy. And, I mean, it's been killing all of us. And it will change, um, you know. There are people on the front lines uh, making that change come uh, slowly but surely every day. Yeah. And uh, we're just out of time, but I do want to, uh, Kabuki Kiss says, get rid of all a lot of processed foods. Uh, that's been a huge change oh, sure. for me the last yeah, couple yeah. of years is just getting rid of those processed foods and trying to eat, you know, a little more naturally. And, um, you know, Michelle and I try to, and we, we do enjoy going out to eat. We, that's just one of our things. But we, we do cook a lot of meals at home these days and, uh yeah, we all want to be here for uh, yeah. another hundred and, I mean, years of uh, the R and R show. And here's the deal: uh, processed food includes that that loaf of bread. Go yeah. look where that came from. That's ridiculously yeah. processed. Uh, I mean, if you believe in evolution, um, uh, you you have to be aware of the fact that for the vast majority of our species' existence, we were um, thriving and evolving to become better and better at really consuming meat. And while that's a problem, within our lifetimes, lab-grown meat is going to replace meat as well. And yeah. um, you know, and that's going to spur such a huge spike in longevity. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I mean, uh, yeah, we, we, we evolved eating everything we could. We are omnivores uh, first and foremost. But it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution that um, all the modern diseases, cancer and diabetes, actually started showing up in the fossil record. It wasn't until we switched saying, hey, we can actually turn, we, we can eat grass. Do you, do, you go, do you think we evolved to eat grass? No. That's what wheat is. We shouldn't be doing that. Um, and don't get wrong. Bread is freaking delicious. It's hard. Yeah, but, um, you know, again, yeah. once upon a time, you know, I mean, our grandmothers, they knew bread made everybody fat. And now it's just like, oh, no, that's the healthiest thing you eat. No, it's incredibly unhealthy, as is sugar, as is processed food in general. The closer you can get to what um, we were eating 100,000 years ago, which is what your body is tuned to thrive on, um, it's just that, you know, that we've, like I said, we've been going through... Sorry, this has gone way off the rails. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> So what we're saying, folks, put down the Twinkies and, you know, try to try something else if yeah. you're going to be trying to yep, yep, change yep. your dietary habits. But yeah, get closer yeah, to the we, source, whatever that is. Yep, that's right. Okay, um, I think that's, uh, we are past two o'clock. Uh, yep. Do you want to do one more question? Let me see if I can find a quick one. And here. meanwhile, I went and looked. Two other people have um, asked for the Trivial Pursuits, but Kabuki refuses. She will take those Rotto points to her grave. <laughs>
a final question from right. our friend Frank. If you could design a board game in any decade, which would it be and why? You can pick centuries for pre-1800. What do you mean? Oh. Uh, set in that? Or we lived yeah. in that set time? It, it's, I, I got it. I took it as if you could design a game set in any set decade. In. Yeah. And board you could pick any... any uh, you could just pick centuries for pre... Mine's going to be easy. I love sci-fi stuff. I'm picking the future. Oh, Anytime yeah. Totally. The future. Yeah. Based on everything um, I just talked about. I mean, I was yeah. so excited... Um, I don't know, you can maybe just barely see it, uh, out of focus, uh, Free Radicals up there. Uh, that yeah. is, that is a cyberpunk game that takes out the punk. It's just all about a bright, happy future. Um, you know, that kind of investigates a world where people thrive and are successful based on their willingness to help other people. Because the sooner humanity gets over zero-sum economic thinking, the better. You know, the sooner that we truly take on board the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats, that we can generate wealth by giving things away to those who are less fortunate um, on a societal level. Um, you know, and, and that essentially that's what Free Radical's about, but it's not really because it turns out it was aliens that saved us from ourselves. Um, I would love to do games that do more investigation about how we can save ourselves from ourselves. Yeah, I like I, I like that a lot. Um I would, yeah, I, I'm definitely more of a sci-fi guy. I don't know if I would want to do a historical game or whatever. I'm, I'm like you. I'm looking towards the future and how can we make this world a better place? So, yeah, the future for me. Great yep. question. Thanks, Frank. Future so bright, I got to wear shades. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that'll do it. Uh, great questions, everybody. Thank yeah. you all. Awesome. Appreciate it. So, the and only question left is, who do we raid? Who do we raid? Who do we raid now? Do, 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 do. Wow. Um, I just say the lyrics. You go the extra mile and actually sing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Lose a Palooza's on. Yeah. Um, Vamp X13. That's my friend Amanda McKnight. She is on playing Fall Guys. Uh, Quaid Rain plays VR chair games. Panic Games plays board games. Um, let me see. Panda, uh, Panic Games is playing my number one game of 2021 right now. Um, oh. And spoiler alert, it's going to make it pretty high in our top 100 as well. Uh, roll camera. Let's, uh, oh, we got to rate him then. Yeah, it, it. yeah, yeah. he is going to get some big love. Go over there, folks. Tell him hi. Um, see how he's doing. And, uh, you know, bask in the absolute greatness that is Roll Camera. Uh, we're going to be hitting him in three, two, one, raid! There we go. And hopefully that worked. And uh, hopefully he can hear us. Okay, let's see. All right, so he's done. just playing. He's just having a happy time. He's playing solo, it looks like. Okay, Panic Games, and... Is it oh, raining? boy, hey, folks, he says. He's a, he's a pretty chill dude. He is. He's, he's super chill. <laughs> okay. That was successful. Oh, yeah, I mean, the raid Excellent. worked. So, oh, yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, the raid did work. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool. then. Then we are out of here. I'll see you next week, buddy. Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. All righty. Bye-bye. 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 Bye.